And welcome to episode 497 of Conversation Street. Oh my god, we're getting close to episode 500, so exciting. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. And we have both got coughs, everybody, today, so... Why are you... Why are you I'm just warning up? people. Yeah, but I'm saying, why are you bigging up issue episode 500 when... <laughs> you can't get anything organised. We've got nothing planned for episode 500 at all yet, but I'm sure something will come along. Um, yeah, no, we, we, we're both still ill. Um, and in case anybody missed it on the bonus podcast this week, I did give Gemma COVID. Sorry about that, Gemma. And um, we're, we're both still suffering a little bit, aren't we? Well, we recorded the intro to the bonus episode for this week yesterday evening, and as soon as we finished, I coughed so hard I threw up down my... She really did. Yeah, we were sitting on the sofa in the lounge recording that, and uh, we finished, finished recording it, and Gemma was sick on herself. <laughs> so let's hope we don't get a repeat performance tonight, because we'll be recording a little bit more so today than we were. much joy you took in that. But we're going to keep on going, because we don't miss a podcast, not even because if, if we've got, um, if you've got COVID. We both, I definitely don't have it anymore, because I took a lateral flow. I don't and, think it works like that. <laughs> but we've both still got coughs, which is apparently a thing, everybody. Um, anyway, so yeah, sorry if we... What apparently a thing? What? Uh, c- coughs. Covid coughs. I know, but it's been a thing for two years. What is it apparently? No, I mean, I didn't know whether that once you finished having your Covid, you had cough for a long time. Yes. I know. Yeah, it's very annoying. Um, yeah, so sorry if we cough in your ears, especially if you're listening to this in headphones today. Um, but we are going to be talking about this week's Corrie, which is the 16th to the 19th of November. So that was Tuesday to Friday this week. And episodes 10,482 to 10,487. And... Um, before we get started on all that, I did want to do another big up shout out, go and listen to the bonus podcast this week because we had a very special guest. We had the lovely Sally Ann Matthews, Yay. friend of the podcast, come and join us again for the first time in a, in a jolly long time. I thought it was time we got her back on the show yeah. again to talk about what's been going on in her world with her, with her rovers and her, and her running and, and all that. And um, yeah, it was a lovely, lovely chat. What I what I really, really appreciate about Sal is that she really, really knows her character, and she really cares about the character. Yeah, and she she can definitely she she is you know she doesn't just you know do my lines off a go. She is very very um, she can, yeah uh, yeah and, and and she can she can and talk thoughtful. about Jenny and thoughtful. And she she knows her motivations all the way and, and everything. And so um, if you want a really good deep discussion about what Jenny is like and what she's going through at the moment and then go and pop over to our um, our feeding feast your ears on that um, you can go do it now if you like we'll still be here waiting for you if you just press pause or whatever Gemma um, what's been going on in your life recently? I wrote a quiz would you like to do it? yes we've just been sick we've just been ill this week Gemma do me a quiz. to the 19th of November in years ending in a 1 in the 6 and I sourced this from coronationstreet.fandom.com <laughs> Oh damn it. Um, <laughs> First one of the night. 15th of November 1996 Raquel leaves Curly and moves but where to? <coughs> Kuala Lumpur? Yeah. Oh, I thought that might be a trick question. Mm, Good. Uh, Michael this is not going to be a difficult quiz. Good. Okay. Good because I didn't do so well last week. 16th of November, 2016. Which character returns after a break of nine years? Oh, <coughs> 2016, somebody came back. <coughs> um, nine years, you say? 
Yeah. Is it like a really obvious one? <laughs> um, there were there were returns around them, weren't there? Uh, and uh, was it was it like Brian Packer or oh no, Sarah? Is it Sarah Lou? No, nope. Bethany. No. Oh, who? It was Adam Barlow. Oh, was he only away that long? That's crazy. Seventeenth of November, two thousand sixteen. Engagement of which ill-fated couple is witnessed by one of the people's sons. And his on and off again boyfriend. There's lots of clues there. Right, so somebody's got engaged in 2016, and their son, their son, his son or her son, don't know, who had an on and off again boyfriend, saw it happen. Oh my god! And they're like, oh no. Um. <laughs> was that many. was that was that Eileen and Phelan getting engaged? Yeah. Hey. It's not very many other nice people deduction. it could be, is there? No, don't, well, yeah. Okay, 18th November 2001. Which character leaves Weatherfield for London? Um, 2001, I'm going to say... Uh, Spider? Spider Nougat. Yeah. Ooh, tasty. 18th November 2011. Who does Lloyd knock unconscious? Lloyd knock someone unconscious? 2011. So this was, this wasn't Play the White Man, was it? Because that came after that, I think. I think it did. Um, uh, I, oh, was it Chris? Was it Chris Gray? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well done. You got the surname as well. Yeah. 18th of November, 2016. Death of which character? Oh, was it Michael Rodwell? Oh, you knew that. <laughs> you could tell with the tone of your voice. It's because you'd said there was something else that happened with Phelan just, uh, just that Did week I? as well. Oh, yeah, I mean, I didn't get engaged, wasn't it? Oh, Michael Rodwell. Five years, R.I.P. 19th of November, 2006. Who does Becky hit in the cafe when they complain about bad service? Not a clue. Do not know. Um, pff, Tracy. Les. Uh, there you go. Oh, got thanks. Five out of seven. I don't, that was alright. I, I, I will take that. Not a bad week. Any birthdays coming up, Gemma? Yes. I would thought like, there might would be. Would you like to know what they are? I would. 23rd of November, Sue Nichols, who plays Audrey Roberts. <sighs> 24th of November, Stephen Hancock, who played Ernest Bishop. Warren Jackson, who's Nick Tilsley the first. 25th of November, Brian Hibbard, who played Doug Murray. Harish Patel who played Umid Alahan. He's in he's he's in a film poster at the moment. He's isn't in he? the Eternals, yeah. isn't he? I think yeah. I haven't seen it. Is that out now? Yes. Oh, you should go and see it. Go and see Umid. You like your Marvel films, don't you? Yeah, I do. But I don't want to go to anywhere. I'll stay inside. <laughs> inside. I go to a friend's birthday party tomorrow. <laughs> we just. I think. I wonder if they're going to keep their distance from us politely. We are allowed out. Our isolation periods ended uh, like a few days ago. <laughs> Alex Bain, Simon Barlow III. And finally, 26th of November, director Oscar Whitbread and Pat Phoenix. Classic. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Happy birthday to all those people dead or alive. And that's it. So should we, should we get on and uh, see if we can cough our way through a street talk? Mm. Let's do it. 
Okay, so this week's Street Talk, I've managed to condense everything down into five stories. Some of them are definitely merged, because a bit like last week, we had a bit of a swiffy swappy over of the stories this week, but it's okay. We're going to start off with the trouble-free story, because Kelly is still out, and... Um, Hasn't gone inside anywhere this week, I don't know. She went to a hotel for a little bit. But um, yeah, since it's not going so well for Kelly, do we feel sorry for her yet? Mm, I'll find out in a little bit. <laughs> we also had the uh, the Johnny Gunner storyline, which has got the Daniel oh, and Daisy stuff so in as well. I'm surprised that they actually had a funeral for him. I, was I know, there we go, there we go. It's nice, thank you. It's good that he got his um, his, his proper send-off, didn't he? Um, then we'll talk about the, the Tashes to Ashes story. Also, I'll, I'll put the Summer Crush stuff in there as well. But this week, rather than Summer Crushing on Daniel, which she seems to have completely forgotten about it's the other way around she's got an admirer of her own um last week we had the tyler story which was the tyrone and isla couple shipping name but it seems to be over already over before it's gone so quick so so quick in fact that the storyline title is now tyler swift yeah, I get it. You get it, you get it. I know, I get it. That was a pop culture reference there. And finally, um, and, and I'm not really just, I'm not trying to get some um, free earphone sponsorships here, mm. but the, my Ray Crosby storyline <laughs> is going to be called Raycon. What's that then? Well, he, well, the double meaning actually, because he was in prison, so he's a con. Yeah. And also, Debbie was conning him. What's Raycon? Raycon, you know, those wireless earphone thingies that YouTubers like sponsor, that like to have sponsor in their videos. You know, I'm not watching anything with Raycon videos. That it was it was I was actually because the reason that I was first started asking uh, I wanted some of the uh, Apple headphones last year is because I was seeing videos with Raycon um, sponsorships on, and that made me think I'd well, like some of the headphones. It worked. <laughs> they made me buy a different brand headphone. Is it because they kept saying? These aren't these aren't worse than Apple ones. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Ray's back. Who'd have thought? And Faye, Ray and Faye. We saw this week, didn't Ray we? Ray and Faye. Ray and Faye back again today. Right, trouble free, Gemma. Um, I, I would, I'll take this one, shall I, for the first story of the week. So we had our Tuesday first episode, and uh, we were one, left wondering last week what was going to be happening with Ardy and Kelly and whether they were going to be... Um, Getting a bit, a bit close for comfort, whether they were going to be synchronising watches at the digs last week, uh, over the weekend. They didn't, he slept on the floor like a gentleman. And he and he reckons that she should go back to Women and Toya because this place is a bit of a dive. And she says, well, you, you should probably go back home yourself, actually. Um, later on, I think this is when Kelly's in on her own, Cole barges in for a chat again. He wants to know about this, uh, about uh, Seb getting beaten up and killed. And he's like, did you, did you kick that bloke to death then? Um, and, and then and he kind of gets, he tells her that he wants her to work for him now. Um, and he kind of acts all the big I am, and like, this is my patch, you do what I say. But to be fair play to her, she just stands up to him and she's not scared of him. And he says, look, you're in here because you got nothing. You're like the rest of us. You owe me. And, you know, because of the, the phone thing where she got him, his, his name mentioned in Weatherfield Police Station last week. And uh, but she, she stands up to him, but she still ends up doing it anyway. Um, meanwhile, back at Toya and Imran's place, she's telling him that Kelly deserves a break and maybe he should casually call in on her after work just to see how she's doing. So Cole um, again comes over later and um, is, is he wet her bed or something? I can't, she, she lifts up her... I, I don't know, I can't remember whether it was supposed to be him, whether it was um, implied that he had created this wet patch on her bed or whether somebody else had come in and done it. Did you, do you remember I that? Thought it was, I thought it was him. He seems, I mean, none of the doors at this place seem to have locks on it. It seems to be um, as much of a turnstile <coughs> bedroom door as Maria's got. But Yes, he kind of insinuates that he can stop it. Well, 
Yeah, well, he yeah he he, he, he insinuates that he can find who did this and sort them out. But I think all it was obvious. It. Yeah, it, it seems that, to be obvious. Um, I don't know that he's the one that actually did do it. Yeah, and yeah, so there's no way should you go back to your foster parents. He says we all look out for each other here. I.e., go and steal some phones from me, pretty please. RD, meanwhile, is meeting up with Summer and says, look, yeah, I stayed with Kelly last night on the floor. Mega dump. Not safe for her. She needs to get out of that place. Um, And by the way, you were right to break up with me. I was acting like a total idiot. So, Cole drops Kelly off to the street and uh, she sets to stealing phones. Um, She she goes to the cafe and has a bit of a chat with Amy, tries to get a talk in there. And did Amy go to the loo or something? I can't remember. But when, when Amy isn't looking... Kelly swipes her phone and Amy comes back later and discovers it's missing. Tracy um, later marches up to Kelly, says, right, you, pockets open, please. You got my daughter's phone because Amy immediately knows it's Kelly because nobody else was there. Bernie doesn't find out because she's got her head in the freezer or doesn't she, hasn't she? She's uh, defrosted the freezer, Bernie, on Monday, yes, Tuesday, I mean. So, um, yeah, Tracy comes having a go at Kelly and says, right, you give that bloody phone back and Kelly's like I didn't do it I haven't stolen it I don't know what you're talking about fortunately for her um, Imran is there trying to calm things down he, he, he comes over to her and says she, she wouldn't have stolen that phone she says she doesn't I believe her Tracy says she is playing you from a fool Imran she did it but I'm not going to press this any further and walks off and um, Imran's like there we go calm that and write it down you didn't steal it did you no no it wasn't me Imran says, I might come over to your new place later, which he, she tries very hard to put him off of. Um, at this point, Amy's phone starts ringing. Um, so it becomes immediately obvious that Kelly has indeed um, nicked the phone. Um, Ardy goes to see Deb in the cafe later and he's pretty mad at him for not coming home last night. And he says that, sorry if... the Deb's like, I'm really, really sorry if you think I would choose Asher over you, but... It's just not true. Come home. And Ardy says, I will, if Kelly can come and stay. No way, says Dev. And Ardy says, well, look, I'm not coming back home unless you agree. So he's got him over a bit of a barrel there, hasn't he? Imran takes Kelly back to the office, um, the, the lawyer's office then for a little bit. She's being very evasive about what's going on with all the phone stealing and everything. And he says, look, just give me the phone. It'll be fine. And, but, and she's like, no, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. Clops off. She goes, uh, she sees Ardy outside. He calls for her. She completely ignores him. Um, Ardy then goes and has a bit of a chat with him around himself. Says, um, I stayed over with Kelly last night. Um, I think... Cole might be behind all this phone Stephen Reen that's going on. And Imran says, well, I'm going to go and pay Cole a visit. If that's the case, Ardy says, don't do that. Um, it's fine. Um, Dev has agreed to let Kelly stay over at our house. So it looks like he was able to be quite, quite persuasive with his dad. The blackmail worked. Um, <laughs> so Imran um, comes up with a great plan there of I'm going to... Um, I'm going to post this phone through the letterbox at number one. <coughs> it looked like he was um, using the same uh, jiffy bag that that £7,000 was uh, was posted to him in uh, well, the other yeah, month. Well, yeah, recycle. Yeah, exactly. Save the planet. Yeah, go Maria. They did mention a little bit of that today, didn't they? They had, the, uh, they had Maria mentioned um, global warming or something. So, well, yeah, why not? So, but yeah, Tracy catches him and he's like, oh, I found my phone. In the, I found this phone in the ginnel. Assumed it was Amy's because it was missing. And it, um, she's like, I didn't ask anyone. I just posted it. Yeah, just just sort of post it. Um, uh, he, I think, I think when I was watching this scene, I was kind of reading it that he knew 
that she knew that he was lying and he's saying, look, Kelly's had far more dealings with the police recently than she needs, so uh, please don't report her. Let's just draw a line under this, shall we? And Tracy it's says, a bit obvious. okay, but, you know, Kelly's trouble. I'm just saying, Imran. So Imran sees um, Cole in the cafe lady as a coincidental bumping into him, I think, and says, right, you need to leave Kelly alone, actually. She, yeah. He's told then to keep his neb out, and Imran says, oh, yeah, I would, but I think I know what you're up to with these phones, and uh, if you keep harassing my foster daughter, I'll report you to the police. So, yeah. I think I know what he's up to as well. What? Selling him. I think I think he probably is. I think he is. No, he he is saying I know that you are even stealing them. That's all. Oh. <laughs> so back at the digs later. <laughs> I you were like. No, I think you're I stealing. You're I think you're stealing these phones. phones, and you're uh, you're starting a bot making farm. a making a making a tower. You're of just phones. trying to get all. The, I know what you're doing with these phones. You are stalking. Daisy's Instagram profile and liking <laughs> pictures of her with babies. No, I think that he's attaching them to the front of his bike and going on a massive Pokemon Go hunt, like, you know, back at the beginning of that. I'm sure there's got to be some kind of reason for it. It must be a reason. We've got to keep thinking. What I think be. he's a massive Carla Connor fan. And, yeah. and when she was stealing all the phones a few years ago, he's like, now wants to be like her. Maybe he's hoping that he can conjure up the ghost of Rana as well. Uh, it could be, any could be many things, reasons really. why somebody wants to take a load of phones. Just saying, about it. not just not just that one. Um, so anyway, uh, back at the digs, Kelly has to tell Cole she hasn't got him a phone. Um, he has a go at her about Imran standing up to him and um, and says, "Right, you are finished here. Too much trouble. Sling your up, miss." So Asher um, gets home from school later and is um, not happy. What a surprise about the news that Kelly has been invited to say. What's Nina going to say? She's my girlfriend and you've invited the accomplice of her ex-boyfriend's murderer round to stay. And Dev, and Dev even says, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I thought he might have come up with some sort of excuse there. But um, now, now it turns out that it's going to be Asher who's going to threaten to move out. So um, Dev just can't catch <coughs> a break with this, really. Kids, eh? God. So bloody complicated. What are they like? So um, later on, we have Ardy taking him round up to Kelly's room. She's cleared the whole thing out. She's gone. I think she's even managed to... Did she manage to scrub off the graffiti then or something? I can't remember. But um, Cole comes in. Well, Cole's got nothing to do at the moment, has he? He's just hanging around waiting to see who's going to go in that room next. I think he's... Uh, Maybe he's got his massive phone stashed like under a mattress or something. Could he's just be. keeping an eye on it. Although, no, he wouldn't have thrown water over the bed if that was the case, would he? I think he, I think he weed on it. Do you reckon? Well, she did. She put her hands on it and smelt it. Oh, did she? I missed that. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was gross. So, um, Cole comes in and says, "Yeah, Kelly, don't live here no more." So Imran goes back home and says, "Toya." Um, think I might have made things worse with Kelly. Sorry about that. And Toy says, "Don't worry, Kelly's a survivor." <laughs> Cut to Kelly out on the streets, looking a bit chilly. She's now homeless. Ah, oh. ah, oh, oh, Kelly. <laughs> this this week's Coronation Street, even more so than last week, was uh, Corrie's very real attempts to get us to all love Kelly and feel sorry for her didn't it well, it's it was, definitely working on some people it, it is I mean, it's kind of working on me a little bit we'll talk, oh. go about, talk about that later well but, uh, we've had plenty of people telling us that um, we, we have my ha- stance on Kelly is <laughs> <laughs> mean I'm mean I am mean yeah, you don't, don't yeah. hide it, do you? Cheers. Um, Wednesday's episode then. So Kelly wakes up on the street. Imran calls her, but oh, her battery runs out. 
it stays all the it stays there all night. Typical, isn't it? Um, and uh, yeah, so she has to go and find somewhere to plug it in. Where else would you go other than Chariot Square Hotel? Um, so she goes, she goes into this hotel, into the uh, into the lobby, um, and then a hotel worker there turns up and says, "Oh, don't recognise you, Miss. Which room are you staying in?" Kath Kelly kind of blusters about coming into the hotel with her dad, and then this man uh, kind of jumps in to corroborate her story. What's going on there? Then I was What's wondering. What's going on? We also had a little bit before that. I forgot to say about. Um, Imran and Adi getting worried about uh, Kelly and everything. He's going to go and see if she's turned up back at her digs. But yeah, anyway, so th- this guy in the hotel, um, he buys her a meal and he's he's been a little bit pervy, isn't he? he I, I was getting sort of uh, Nathan and Neil vibes from him. And uh, she's saying, oh, um, how many spoons do you want with your profiteroles, love? And that's, that's a euphemism for synchronising watches, I think. Maybe, <laughs> and she, and then then he starts telling her she's really beautiful, and if she needs anything, go and pay him a visit in room thirty-four. Uh, no, thank you very much, she says. Um, so then we had um, no, she what does she do? She doesn't. So she she goes back off at this point. She goes back to um back to her <laughs> her new lodgings, which were in Kitchener Street, round the back of Roy's Rolls. I don't think we were supposed to know that's what it is. But I think Coronation Street have only got about two streets that they can afford to use that are not You're the main so streets. No, I mean, you know, well, it, it was fine. But I mean, the, the the problem with this was that she was sitting around the back of Roy's while people were in Roy's saying, oh, I wonder where Kelly could be. She's clearly not there, is she? Clearly not. Anyway, she's having a hard time. Has a bit of a cry. Um... And then Arden comes home later to a massive meal that De- that Dev and Asher have put up for him, or put, put out for him. He's not in the mood, though. He's too concerned about where Kelly can get to. And Asher says, your dad's tr- trying his best here. He's cooked you your favourite meal. You're turning your nose up here. You probably sit down and eat this. So he does. Um, and because of that, he misses his phone, which because Kelly tries to ring him. And um, yeah, so she's, she, 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 she's in a bit of a pickle out on the streets. But she can't, he didn't answer it. Tragic. So, um, what else can you do but go to room 34? Mm-mm. Um, so, Pervy Man. Oh, did we get a name for him? Perv. Per- pervy. No, his name's Perv, like Herve. Herve? Yeah. Is that a name? Herv, Herv is a name. <laughs> Herve? Short for Hervert. <laughs> So anyway, the pedo hotel room man <laughs> invites her in. It, to be to be fair to him, he didn't realise that she was underage, did he? He kind of got a bit oh, of yeah, a shock. Got to be fair to the to, can't be her, fair to the, the pedo pedo hotel room man. Uh, it, he, he shows around. Uh, they, they order a bit of champagne, um, but she downs a little bit of, it, and then he starts the uh, the heavy petting, shall we say? And it's all a bit creepy and gross. Is and, he? Well, kind of. He's kind of good, being a bit leery with her. He's being a bit, you know, less than one metre distance. They must have uh, had a COVID test before they filmed what this scene. What do you scene. think heavy petting is? Just getting a bit like... He didn't honk her boobs, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't honk her boobs. He I wanted to. He wanted to. <laughs> Don't, is that what the sign um, means in the swimming pool? Don't honk boobs. No honking. <laughs> um... If you, yeah, if you want to get the lifeguard's attention, just go up to him. And honk his boots. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> anyway, she says, um, you should go and have a shower, mate. So he goes off 
for a, for a bit of a, what he thinks is pre precautional showering, and he says, "Oh yeah, come and join me." And she says, "Oh, I'll just go and have another glass of this champagne first. But actually, what she's doing is starting nicking whatever cash you can get her hands on. What a twocker! What twocker? What's a twocker? She twocks, doesn't she? Taken without consent. Oh, I've never heard thing. of it. Craig would know what I'm talking about. Where did you get this from? Bill. <laughs> Twocker. I think I got it from the Bill. Maybe I got it from the Thimbley line. Imral, um, meanwhile, is telling Toya about Kelly, Kelly doing a disappearing act and Toya is now starting to act a little bit more worried about Kelly. She says she may act tough, but she really isn't. Even though at the end of the last episode she says she was saying she was a survivor, so I don't know. Woman's allowed to change her mind. They need to find her. And when they do, Toya says, I'm not letting go of her. So... Sorry, Elsie. I'm going to maybe find, figure out a way that we can have both of you, but... Um, She's bored of Elsie now. Yeah. Yeah, she hasn't... She, I don't think Elsie said anything this week, did she? She had a, she had a line for the month last week. Kelly is um, still um, in the hotel room, creeping around, looking for money. She kind of... Um, he's, the, he's there showering with the door open, isn't he? With the bathroom door, and she his trousers are on the floor, and she kind of hoiks them out of the bathroom. She, like, runs away, jingling like a cat with the belt. <laughs> Making it really racket. And um, no surprises, he comes out with his dressing gown, asks her whether she's going somewhere, and uh, this is when she kind of says, well, she probably should have said earlier, to be honest, I'm underage. Uh, and he's, he doesn't really be, he doesn't believe her at first. I think he's uh, taken aback a little bit. But before he can really um, have time to process this information, he's got a knee in the groin, knee in the nuts, and she legs it out of the hotel. Um, she doesn't take. Does he take his wallet? No, she takes. Um, <clears throat> I think she. I think he. I don't know. She didn't really have to go rubbish. dumpster diving today. She like, she'd taken his wallet. She's literally caught red-handed. She's terrible. <laughs> That's why she needs Stu to help her. I teach imagine, her the ways of the street rat. I imagine Kelly's um, or Kelly's fan club will say that um, <laughs> that she's so. It's because she's so noble and wonderful that she's bad at stealing things. <laughs> like it's somehow a virtue that she's not very good at it. Um, right. So, where, oh yeah, this is where they have that little jump cut, panic attack sort of scene, doesn't it? The uh, she's she's up against the wall. There's, there's mm. quite a lot of Kelly crying up against the wall this week, but this time she was. It was just. Is it is a jump cut? Is that what it's called? Where it kind of films a little bit for a second and then it films right. a different position for a second. Oh, I thought it was quite good. I like that. Um, Toya's phoning her up. She turns the call down and uh, Toya leaves her a message saying, look, just, we just need you back here with us. Uh, you can stay at number seven for a little bit until things are sorted with Elsie, but please, 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 Kelly, come home. Kelly listens to the message later, phones up Ardy and says, oh, I'm really, really sorry. Ardy says, come back then. Dev says it's all cool. Uh, Asher, Asher is there looking daggers at her brother for um, inviting this. Um, Murderer. Murderess. She's not. She didn't do it. She's totally innocent. Not not even involved. She wasn't even there. Um, back to live with them at number seven. Kelly goes back <coughs> to the street and um, she's 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 ready to go and move into Devs, but she overhears Asha telling Ardy that she don't want Kelly moving in here. Um, Kelly realizes, alas, I am not wanted. Flounces off. It wasn't obvious before then. Clearly. No, clearly not. She goes off to the Ginnel, uh, phones Ardy up, and says, "Oh, stay with me, mum. You know that person who is." Really partly to blame for me being sent down after that damning evidence she gave against me. But yeah, I'm staying with her now. We're having pizza. It's going to be awesome. And then she has a bit more of a cry fist for good measure. Tell you what, she's going to be on the nomination for the Weatherfield Waterworks Awards this year, isn't she? Oh, definitely. Yeah. You reap what you sow, Kelly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Friday, 
Um, Imran and Toya are getting a little bit anxious by this point because neither of them have heard from R. Kelly. Toya's starting to worry still. Um, Imran says, it's going to be fine. She's probably at Ardy's house. And then this is where we reintroduce to Stu. Homeless Stu is back, everybody. <laughs> Homeless, homeless stew. stew. That, is that is that what you is that like what you get fed at a soup kitchen? Yes, that's, that's absolutely. He probably he probably didn't have a name. I reckon he's like an amnesiac or something. And he found his stumbled his way to Billy's soup kitchen one week, and it said homeless stew there. And he's like, I'll have that. That that's that's my name. <laughs> he approaches Kelly as she's kind of looking looking for cold pizza in a bin uh, somewhere. Mm. Have a bit of cold pizza the next day. Delicious stuff. No. Pepperoni pizza. Don't you, that's your favourite. Is it? Don't t- you like pepperoni pizza. You always want to have pepperoni pizza when we go. When, when, when What's we're my favourite flavour of pizza? You always have pepperoni no, pizza. I don't. Well, you, you like to have ones that's with peppers nonsense. and mushrooms as well. That's such a weird thing to say. No, I'm it's really not. Surprised. It's totally true. I'm really surprised that you think that's true. What do you, what do you say your favourite pizza? I always have pepperoni pizza. You, you all... Maybe that's your second choice then. What would you say your favourite pizza is? What would you, if you were homeless on the street, what would you okay. be actually quite pleased to find cold in a bin? <laughs> if you had to have you what, bin pizza, what would it be? What would I quite like to find cold in a bin is cold hard cash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have a favourite flavour of pizza. It might be surprising to you. Next to time you order pizza and you go for Michael, pepperoni, I'll be like. Mm. Excuse me, I am so offended that you're insisting <laughs> that I don't know what flavour pizza I prefer. I normally get, um, I like chicken, the chicken feast one, mm. or I have Hawaiian. Yes, that's right, I like pineapple on pizza, and I think it's hilarious that it's even, well, even a conversation about whether you're allowed to like it or not. <laughs> um, I have pepperoni, yeah, but I also like all the meats. What what what, what would I, what would you say my favourite Bin what do you is. like? Your favourite bin pizza? Oh, something disgusting with barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love a nice barbecue. Like the weird... Anybody else like barbecue sauce on their pizza? I, that's kind of the one it's, I go for now. It makes now. me feel sick. Yeah, I, more often than not, I'll have a barbecue sauce rather than tomato. There's always some new disgusting combination of of horrible flavours. <laughs> it's and they never stay on the menu because they're always grotesque. But you always want. Oh, it's a. Tex-Mex barbecue sauce pizza with gobbits of mashed up chicken brains. As you might tell, when we order pizza, we don't often share. We never we never share pizza. Because you really like have the same barbecue pizza. Barbecue sauce is should not okay. Anyone who's gonna we'll have a go at me minute, about having pineapple cannot defend the use of barbecue sauce as a base for pizza. I discovered this lot ten years ago. I'm not looking back again. I don't even think that I really had barbecue sauce until no. that long ago. No, I agree. And now you're obsessed well, with it. Well, while we're on the subject of food, Gemma, oh. Coronation Street themed food discussions, what would you prefer to have in your shepherd's pie? Carrots, peas or tomatoes? Tomatoes out of the question. What are, are you, you? What are you talking about? Maybe maybe a blob of tomato puree in there, if you insist. But toma- chopped tomatoes? I quite like to what try that. What are you making? That. Bolognese? Yeah, I can make me one of those. Bolognese with mashed potato on the top is what you've made. <laughs> Get out Although if it's shepherd's pie, it's lamb, isn't it? So maybe that's not so good. It'd be masaka then, wouldn't it? That's what you're making, Leanne. You're making masaka. I don't think I'd Get like... Out. I think I like a, good, a nice carrot, but I don't like a carroty chunk inside my, <laughs> inside my shepherd's pie. Peas are loud, because I love peas chunk. with everything. They're the best vegetable. Peas are the best vegetable. <laughs> we really like peas. We don't, we don't like the same pizza, but we don't like the same pea. Yeah. Yeah. They're the best. Um, anyway, what were we talking about? I don't really like carrots or peas. 
chopped up in... I don't want to chop up a pea. What do you chop up a pea for? <laughs> <laughs> this pea is too big, it's too hard to swallow. I might choke on this. this is what might it do a lily. No wonder why it takes me so long to cook anything. <laughs> God damn, you know, I hate chopping peas. <laughs> you have to, when they're frozen as well, I'll pinged off with oh, kitchen well, side. I'll have to get another one out of the freezer. <laughs> um, <laughs> look what you made us do, Kelly. You and your disgusting habits of pin bin pizza. <laughs> Thank goodness for Stu showing you the error of your ways. And he says that we, what we need... You don't want bin pizza, you want bin sandwiches. Yeah, bin sandwiches is the way to go. Because if we go over to Fresco's car park, which is definitely not the Coronation Street car park, we can we can go rooting. What was it, four o'clock? That's throw out time. And they're unless still fresh. Unless it's Sunday. And, yeah, unless it's Sunday because they don't do sandwiches on Sunday. Why is that? Not even not even a roast chicken sandwich or anything like that <laughs> fresh goes. I think there's a, uh, Maybe it's a gap in the market there. Maybe it's because the people don't go to work on Sundays because it's a day of rest. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Westwood's very devout. Yeah, he he he's, uh, he helps to get some proper scran, he calls it, because he's proper northern. And um, they... Uh, oh, this is when he starts saying... He does a speech. He does a speech about what a bastion of justice he is. And uh, just the other week, he was uh, helping getting that, that scally Corey off of the streets. Have you heard of him, R. Kelly? He, he and his scumbag mates kicked a guy to death. And Kelly's like... Ah, uh, never heard of him, mate. Sorry. Thanks. Oh, how terrible. What a terrible thing. No, she looks quite kind of like, oh, he's talking about me. I am one of his scumbag mates. Alas, what a terrible person I am. And that's how she kind of ends the episode. And, um, oh, yeah, also, Toya has been to see Ardy in the shop to say so his, his um, thingy Kelly with you then. And he's like, no, she's there with her mum. And Toya and Imran say, that's not really the first person that I would choose to go to, um, to be honest, if I was Kelly. But let's not do anything about it. I would think that maybe Kelly, um, Toya and Imran should probably have maybe contacted Laura just to check. She is there, isn't she? They're going to take the word of this, this 15, 16 year old kid. That she, don't you think? Did you What's think that was question? weird? You're not, you look, I was reading. It's really bizarre. I you, just you, read this. It's all that food talk. It's got hungry now. What are you reading? reading it's the Waitrose Christmas catalogue. No, it's catalog not the Waitrose. It's the Fish Society. Oh, gross. I've got a ca- catalogue. any kind of fish. Okay. That's not and it says here, it says, give the gift of fish. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it says salmon gifting. And it's like, that's not a thing. You can't make it a thing. Salmon gifting. It says, every year it's one of our top selling lines. Um, we run a fantastic salmon gifting programme. You send us a list of who's on your nice list and we do all the work. We prepare and pack 200 grams of smoked salmon to your loved ones in time for Christmas. Just contact customer team and reference salmon gifting. <laughs> what is I just imagine somebody turning gifting? up at your door and yeah. slapping you around the face Going, with it. I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm here, but I've been told I have to give you this packet of salmon. <laughs> I went on a school trip, you know, on Wednesday and we saw the salmon farm. Oh, did you? We did. We, we walked past it. Did you get me a salmon? No. I love salmon. No, but we, 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 we went over the salmon ladder. Do you know what a salmon ladder is? No, it was a fish ladder, sorry. Have you heard of a fish ladder? No. Yeah, so when the salmon... We're what the so hell? off topic today. So this is where the salmon, you know, they swim up the stream. Yeah. And there's a salmon pool where they do their salmon business. Yeah, they do. Well, they think they're going to do the salmon business, but they actually get eaten. Oh. Um, but we, to, in order for them to get up a slopey bit, there's they, is where they make little steps for the fish to kind of hurl themselves up. And, and that's called the, the salmon. And the reward at the end of the ladder is you get your head chopped off. Yeah, they don't know that. They think they're up for a bit of, of fish nitty. fun time. Yeah. Wow, that's a metaphor for life, isn't mm. it? 
you struggle, you struggle, and then you get to the top. Anyway, what I was asking you, Gemma, is do you think that Toya and Imran should have maybe contacted Laura? This was a a children's excursion, was it? To the Salmon Avatar? No, we didn't go to the Salmon Avatar. We just were walking down the River Richard and we happened to see a salmon pool there. You ever wondered how a salmon dies? (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) All right, okay. Um... They should have checked with Kelly. That's all I wanted you to say. Kelly's yes, mom. Michael, you're absolutely right. Toya and Imran were rather neglectful foster parents there. Well, I mean, are they really technically her foster parents anymore? Ex-foster parents. I well, don't know. I don't know. know. I they don't seem know. to have washed their hands of her. Yeah. Have you? Have you washed <laughs> your hands of her? Or are you starting to feel a little twinge of sympathy for our Kelly? Um, is she not being a bit shornish about this? That depends. I mean, how long has she been homeless now? No, not even a week. Not not even a week. So she's still got a couple of weeks, maybe, <laughs> until she can uh, claim to be as homeless as Sean was. It's very difficult because homelessness is an important thing to talk about. And you're not even supposed to say homeless. You're supposed to say houseless or without a home. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't think Coronation Street does it very well because it always feels as though the person who is going through this experience, only has to ask, can I please come home? Oh, yeah, it, it is quite similar, isn't she? She's She could, she could have gone to her mum, probably. She could have gone to her mum. She could have gone, yeah. I mean, she's, what's, the, what's the motivation for her ignoring Toya's phone calls? And, I mean, I get that she feels... It's it was partly pri- last week, wasn't it? When, when, um, what was it, Mia, the girl at the the the, the prison, saying everyone's going to be out for you, out for your blood, then you're not going to fit into society. And then one of the first people that she meets when she comes to Coronation Street is Nino, tears her a new one. So she's feeling like the whole world is against her at yeah, the moment. Yeah, it's difficult because I, I can totally sympathise with why she doesn't want to hang around there. But it, it still does feel as though, is it really a better solution? And does is it is it just is it um, telling the story of homelessness in a sympathetic manner um, that that reflects people's true experiences of homelessness? And I'm going to say no again. I don't think so. I think a lot of people end up homeless because of um, mental health issues or abuse at home or sometimes substance abuse, alcoholism, etc. There's a lot of there's a lot of reasons. Wh- outside of your control that you end up homeless but Coronation Street never seems to really get it right because you know I I, 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 I did feel a bit sorry for her this week I'm, I'm not as down on Kelly as you are as you know but it was it was really difficult watching it because all I was thinking when I was watching it is Coronation Street are desperately trying to make me you know forgive Kelly of everything and it's really really difficult yeah, I'm... I th- I think I probably will. I can tell that I'm I'm going that way, honestly, um, because I I do think that Millie Gibson's uh, is is cracking, doing a cracking job at it. Um, she's 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 making me feel bad for her, but um, and 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 maybe it's just like I'm giving in because I know Coronation Street will keep on going until we all feel sorry for her. So I think, oh, fine, go on then. And, uh, I don't know. It's interesting on our Facebook group because people are coming around. I think to um, some are to liking Kelly, and but then other people are very very entrenched. I don't know whether it was somebody on our Facebook who made this uh, 
this meme this week that the, I can't remember who it was that posted. I'm sorry, you know if it was you. But somebody posted a picture of Deirdre and Deb in bed, didn't they? Was it? I can't remember. You, you know, the, the classic Deirdre beds Deb scene and she's there lying with her hands, her fingers running through his chest hair. Gazing looking, adoringly Yeah, and, and he's there going, oh, 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 no. I, just, I just slept with Deirdre Rashid. And, um, and there's a little caption on Deirdre saying, oh, what was it? I've lost the punchline. Coronation here. Street. Yeah, to Coronation get Street trying to get me to like Kelly. <laughs> and then next to the dev, there was, it just said like me or something. So, wow, you some pi- great meme. Th- there's a, there's a sizable number of Coronation Street viewers who are very, very against Kelly at the moment and they will not be turned, will they? Um, I just don't know where, whether they're ever going to be able to get everybody to forgive her. What I'm wondering at the moment, I mean, there was the homeless stuff as well. There was Pervy Hotel Man, which I think was, I thought that was fairly well done. I was quite creeped out by him. I was feeling a bit nervous for for our Kelly. Um, I don't think we're going to see any more of him. Sorry, it was Al who posted it. Found it. Um, did you? It's did funny. what did you think about the hotel man bit? I, I definitely felt that again. I was trying to be, um, <coughs> you know, have my my opinion swayed. Did you enjoy um, those bits? Did you think it was effectively done? Oh, it's quite interesting, wasn't it? And it was. Um, oh, I just you know you know that there's going to be a certain contingent of people going. Well, she shouldn't have gone back to his room. What she expecting? Um, <sighs> it was it was quite creepy, and there were definitely um, yeah. you know it. It it put you in mind of of the Bethany story, didn't it? Yes, it's yeah. It's very Unfortunately, creepy. the Bethany storyline was given a lot more time to breathe, and it played out over like weeks. Didn't it wasn't it? And this supposed was... to be a big deal. It was literally just supposed to demonstrate like all oh, look at all the things that can happen to look a young. How she has lowered herself. One well, well lowered herself. She didn't do anything. She well she. I mean she. The thing is, <laughs> he's the one who got his <laughs> what is. Stolen. I, I wonder. <laughs> she didn't. I think she ran away with it, but she. Was Do you think that she went him. to the hotel room <clears throat> with the intention of stealing his wallet? No, because it was very went, clear what he wanted yeah, from her. I think she was just like, God, I don't know what else to do. What can I do? How I'll get out of it somehow, but I'm not sure yet at the moment. I've got no choice. Mm. Like, yeah, I don't think she was really thinking too far into the future here, which is... She just needed to get is, her phone charged up. A, She'd do anything for that. <laughs> she's just a little girl, isn't she? I mean, she's... Yeah, I know. She's 16. She's trying her best, and I still don't like her. <laughs> but, um, you know... I, I reckon... I wonder whether something's going to happen with Stu, because he was coughing quite a lot as well, wasn't he? He, said his, he definitely said, I've, I've got something and it's not contagious, so he knows what's wrong with him. Has he got some kind of like lung cancer or something tragic that's going? Is he going to bequeath his tent upon? He was her? doing a good old sing just a couple of weeks ago, wasn't he, with his with his uh, guitar, and he seemed fine then. So I don't know has whether this is a newly of... acquired condition. Yeah, has he got something from being homeless? I don't know, but I'm wondering whether she's going to like save his life. Is she going to find him collapsed or something, and then she'll she'll take him to the hospital and we'll go, oh hooray, we all like Stu, and Kelly's just saved him. She couldn't save couldn't save Seb. But she saves Stu, so we all forgive her. I don't Baby. know. Baby. I, I, everyone, everyone loves Stu, don't they? I thought, um, I liked his little speech about, um, you know, people not really caring or looking at, at homeless people um, like they're real humans and stuff. And I think, um, and I like Kelly's like, well, 
I, I didn't, I didn't, one time I didn't give a homeless man some money. And I'm like, there go, proves that she's horrible, <laughs> proves it. Well, I mean, what Kelly was saying is, is certainly something that we're all guilty of. I don't think you it? can say we're all guilty of it, but I Many think majority of people drop myself in it there. do not give homeless people money for various reasons, some of which are more well-intentioned than others. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at Stuart, it's like he's got a mobile phone and a guitar, he seems he must be doing all right. You keep going on about homeless people having mobile phones as though they're not allowed to have them. It's basically an essential, a human essential thing to have a phone. A lot, and it kind of shows you, doesn't it, hmm. that a lot of people, they don't, you're not like born homeless, you become homeless, and one of the things that you can still keep is your phone. Yeah, but as we found out from Kelly charges don't grow on trees well that's one of the things that's why i thought it was quite an interesting thing i think a lot of homeless people would say that it's a struggle to find somewhere to keep their phone charged up mm. yeah but most i would i would be surprised if a homeless person didn't have a phone and i would assume that somebody had stolen it from them if they didn't have one because i think it's just a very essential thing maybe that I, lots I, of I people have um, just before we move on to the next story then, so what did you think about Dev agreeing to... And also just to say, being homeless oh. isn't necessarily a permanent state of being. Some people become homeless and then they, you know, find somewhere to stay. Like Sean. Sean just went, oh, okay, I don't want to be homeless anymore. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, well, you should have said so earlier. Um, yeah, what did you think of Dev agreeing to let Kelly stay? I know it's a tough situation, but I think he probably should have still said no. I know he's desperate to get Ardy to, you know, get some kind of forgiveness. He really should not have let... No, it's not his responsibility and it's not appropriate. And his children both have the right to feel safe in their own homes. Yeah, and I both of them do. Yeah, if I was... If I was um, Asha, I wouldn't feel safe with Kelly being in my house. And the, the fact that he said, oh, I didn't really think... <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. He... He, uh, he he really should not have, have agreed to that. Uh, however Kelly much I know to... he's desperate because he wants Ardy to <laughs> to love him again. Yeah. But mm. yeah. What what does Kelly need? Kelly needs Good to slap. move. Kelly needs to go to a completely different city. She needs a social worker. I don't know why she doesn't have one. On her case, not on a case, but <laughs> taken care of her to go or an advocate to go. There's no way this is appropriate. <laughs> Let's get her somewhere else. Because, of course, she doesn't want to go and live with her foster parents because they literally, like, she gets harassed in the street. Well, what was, who, who was that person that she saw in the street the other week who who told her, oh, you can't live here while Elsie's living here? Well, no, it was the social, it was the social worker. So where was she then? I thought it was the person that was in charge of um, their fostering, like, uh, oh, in yeah, Manitoyas no, foster, yeah, like, foster liaison. Yeah. No, she she does really seem like she's just been thrown out with no lifeline and I don't know, maybe that is how, I just how don't, it happens. I, yeah, but I don't like the fact that there's the series of misunderstandings and people not phoning each other up and assuming that she's staying somewhere where she isn't and that's the only way. Like, as soon as, as soon as Imran and Toya find out that Kelly is living on the streets, they're going to make her move in somewhere. Yeah. And honestly, I'm sure... They've got enough resources to fund privately some bedsit for her somewhere. Mm. I'm sure that they could afford to pay for her rent, private rent somewhere. 
Yeah, and I'm not surprised mean... that she's being bullied at this place that she's staying at. I would imagine it's rife there, people being bullied for stuff like that and can, kicked on. And... Can you still be somebody's foster parent, but they not live with you? I don't know. And can Non-residential you... foster are... parent. I mean, I, I don't even know what the rules are for how old you can be before you do live on your own. I mean, the fact that Kelly was living in these digs would suggest that it's fine for her to live on her own. Don't can you, know can you tell we're not parents? Not, <laughs> we haven't really been taught anything about the situation. Like, I'm surprised that in this home that she was in, she was allowed to have RD sleepover. I don't know whether she was. I don't, I don't understand why there isn't more security... We had more security in our bloody student accommodation than she seems to have, where you've got to sign mm. guests in and out. I'm sure there would be something like that. There's no way they would let these children unsupervised have um, people sleep over in their rooms, and there'd be cameras everywhere. How did he get in? Yeah, I don't, the, the honestly, lack of security honestly don't understand is, um, what this situation bit is. Bit of a problem, bit of an inconsistency, possibly. Right, Gemma, Johnny gone. But anyway, um, um, I thought, I thought let's I just say, like, that I. This week. Um, still, still not keen on Kelly. Still, I mean, I, I you know, I've been. Um, it's all, I thought I said that I didn't think she'd done anything legally wrong, or if I did, I, I said she had been found not guilty of the things that she had been accused of. But I definitely think I said that I, she had to do other things that required her to be punished, and that she she didn't really get punished for them because she wasn't tried for that. Mm. She's tried for something different, um, and you know whatever the whatever the punishment is, um, you know it's debatable as to whether she should have gone inside for it because you know I don't think you really logically make sense to say a girl slapped another girl and they're having an argument so she could go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> it seems a bit harsh. The prisons but are a bit too full. It just to really sticks in my throat that she has kind of been let off the hook or vindicated for something that she did do yeah it, it's all it's, down comes down to how much it, you believe she did on the night and we've seen it now like in but... the in, it just feels like she, she hasn't acknowledged really apart from to feel sorry for herself that people are mad at her about it and to have this kind of like self-pitying crying session to say that she's sorry that she's sorry that it happened and stuff I just don't really think that she's acknowledged anything she's done and I, I, I don't think that Coronation Street's ever going to make her pay for it um, apart from to have people not like her and, and I can't really say I blame them particularly no it'd be odd if she came out and everyone was cool and the other her, thing really. I mean you did you say that one of the reasons why it's crazy that Dev's letting was going to let her stay is because he's literally paying for her mistakes no I didn't say that actually but that's, that's very true he's literally paying for her mistakes yeah the, uh, the keeping and that video off Ardy the internet why is not mad about this because Ardy was the one that wanted to spend the money that Dev is paying to this management reputation company to keep this Ash's video off the internet Mm. Yeah, that's true. If if she hadn't put that video online, well, she the, didn't uh, put it online. Uh, oh, she sorry, she had disseminated it yeah. to people that, and she knew perfectly well that that it was possible that it would get leaked online. And at the end of the day, I don't see that it makes a difference whether she put it on the internet or not, or she knew that it was going to get put on the internet or not. 
I think if I was Asha, I'd be just as mortified to have the the video put on the internet and to have people that I know looking at it. Yeah. Both of those things are equally as bad as each other if you're a teen girl or anybody. Yeah, so to have the video spreader being invited to come and stay in your home, no wonder Asha's And I understand that children and teenagers are have diminished mental capacity and I don't mean that to be insulting if you're a teenager but legally under the you know under the law and like as far as brain development goes you're still developing your brain up until the age of 25 I think and if you don't believe me come back when you're 25 and let me know what you think of yourself when you were 19 or whatever but um, I understand that that's definitely an issue but I think most teenagers don't do the things or make the mistakes that she's made no I would hope not well there would be more dead people Hmm. Right, talking of dead people. So Gemma. yeah, sorry, sorry. I still don't, still don't really. Um, I'm not sympathetic. And also, the other thing I wanted to say was it was very. We had a very good discussion about because um, I said before about um, I think that a lot of people feel sorry for Kelly because she's pretty. And somebody on the on the Facebook group said, "Well, I could say the same thing the other way around. That the only reason that you you don't like her is because she's so pretty." And definitely, there's definitely an element of, of of that. And it's not jealousy particularly, but certainly, I know that if you're an attractive woman, sometimes you get treated worse than other people because there's some kind of snobbery, or what's the word like a hatred against you because you seem like you've got it all. You know, you look like you're good looking so people just take against you Mm. and there's definitely an element of that too it goes both ways if you're attractive it's like a double-edged sword so yeah yeah the way that she looks affects it positively and negatively the way people react to them and the only thing you can do is be aware of it and and wonder whether what what we how you would feel if it was somebody who looked slightly different and mm. what, what your reaction would be then. Just an interesting thing to think about, I think, that's all. Yeah, yeah no, you're right, you're right. Do so you want me to talk about you are, I've, I've tried Johnny. to segue a couple of ways into this now, but you have come back with more interesting points. But oh, if we're ready to move on and talk about Johnny Gonner, are you, are you ready for this one? <laughs> Gemma, what happened with the story this week, please? So, on Tuesday, um, Jenny's Chivy and Daisy to do work because she's just on her phone doing social media stuff. Yes, this is establishing. Look, everybody, Daisy likes to put things on social media. Daisy likes Instagram. What do mm. you think Instagram's called in Weatherfield? No, they called it Insta, didn't they? Um, Just can't show it. Uh, Daniel comes around to the pub to ask her to babysit, and Jenny's like, oh, yes, she will, she will. And Daisy finds out, and she's a bit nervous, but she says she'll give it a shot. So she looks after... Bertie. Bertie around the back of the pub. And she keeps taking photos of them together and stuff. And Jenny says, oh, you you, <coughs> you and Daniel are going to make such a great couple. So they go to the cafe together later and have fun. And, and she's putting these photos online. And Adam comes in and he's like, well, I hope that you asked Daniel to put your photo, if you could put photos of him on the internet. And she's like, I don't need to ask him. It won't mate. It won't. He won't mind. It doesn't matter, does it? It's just being silly. So Adam goes and tells Daniel, and Daniel's like, oh, not not. He's a bit surprised, but not really that bothered. And Daniel says, you should just keep your nose out because you obviously just don't like Daisy. But then he goes to pick um, Rover, Rick, pick Bertie up at the Rovers, and Daisy's like, look, I got a hundred likes. <laughs> um, isn't it cute? 
And Daniel says, look, please don't use my son to get followers on Instagram. And she gets she gets really offended. She's like, fine, I'll take it down. I'll just take it down. I don't care. I'm not doing it for the likes. What are you doing it for then? She gets stressed out. And he like, so he hugs her and kisses her head. And then she says, sorry, I'm sorry I, um, I got upset, but it reminded me of when I used to play with Tom. And he forgives her. What? I don't get the connection. Like, it reminds me of my dead brother, like, the time I took photos of him and Jenny told me to take them off. No, no, no. She's just saying, I was having a really good time with Bertie. It reminded me of when I used to enjoy playing with my little baby brother before we had this Danny incident. To you putting photos of somebody's child on the internet without their permission. That bit is, yeah. That's why he was getting, like, why did she get offended about that? I don't think they had social media when Tom died. No. On Wednesday, Jenny, uh, Daisy and Carla... Uh, it's the funeral. They're all standing in the graveyard, wanting to go into the church. And Jenny to one meter distance. Jenny, well, I thought Sally Ann Matthews was really good um, on Wednesday. Um, she was excellent at that little mini panic that Jenny gets when she realizes that she's got to do her speech, mm. and she suddenly starts to panic that she's not going to do it right. She goes, "Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do it right." I, I thought she was great. <coughs> always reliable isn't she I, I particularly like this week the stuff from the, although the, the funeral was great as well I really enjoyed today's scenes where she was in the rovers with her darts just having a little a sad lean against uh, the booths <laughs> there I thought I thought that was oh, good good luck good luck um, Daniel turns up um, at the funeral as well he, he, he turns up to late doesn't he Daisy. Daniel does a bit of a handy holdy that Carla does her speech and talks about how he's a hero and she wishes that she could have called him dad for longer. Johnny we're talking about, not Daniel. <laughs> and, and she's going to call him dad for the rest of her days. And then she says, give a massive kiss to Aiden. Um, <clears throat> Jenny's turn. She goes up and talks about how warm and loving he was and he saved her life in so many ways, apart from the most literal time at the end where he sacrificed himself. Um she starts sobbing and then Daisy rushes up to help, but then Jenny rejects her. Like, she's like, no, I'm going to do this. And it, she, it was, she was a bit mean, but it wasn't about Daisy. It was about Jenny. So Daisy needs to get over herself. Did you see that Sal put on her, I think it was on her Instagram a couple of days ago, uh, that she had handwritten out her speech. So when she was reading it there, she, she was actually reading it from it. <coughs> oh, bless you. But um, I think she can read her own handwriting or something, I think she said. Oh, right. a, Yeah, if you, if you want to see the speech, you go on Sal's Instagram well, and have a look. I thought she did a really good job as well, um, Sal, of um, sometimes when an actor has to act somebody reading something or, or performing, they over-egg it and make it really bad hmm. or, like, really obvious or laborious. But I think she did a really good job of, of portraying somebody reading something out. Hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes they do it in like a really sing-songy kind of elaborately overdone way, but she did it. I think she that's did right, a really good right. job. Um, anyway, so she um, she talks about the fact that he taught her how to use the sewing machines, and she doesn't said, talk about the bit where they bonked in the supply cupboard in the factory, did they? She misses that bit. There's out. a lot of things she didn't bring up. <laughs> Remember the bit when we trapped Tracy in the cupboard as well? Yeah, that's and funny, she's wasn't like, it? "Oh, I'm gonna die. I'm, my kidney's <laughs> gonna get rejected." And then it's funny, wasn't it? Because. That's happened to Carla. She's yeah, got no yeah. kidneys. I do you remember that time when Johnny actually. went to Blackpool and I, my hair was blowing around all over the place. I remember that time <laughs> that kidney got run over by a tram. That was funny. Anyway, um, she says, we both made big mistakes, but I hope he knew I loved him very, very much. Mm. <sighs> I go back to the pub and toast Johnny. Jenny's just getting completely blooded again. Very slurry. 
Then she gets a phone call from <coughs> the solicitor who obviously is like, oh, I'll just wait for them to have the funeral and then I'll tell them about the will. If, I, I think, I don't, if you believe, you know, TV and films, and I don't know if our experience was different, but on TV and films, people always find out about what was in the will right after the funeral, don't they? Go to the funeral, go to the will reading place. But in, in, my, in my experience, that's not been how it works. I don't know. I've never been a surprise beneficiary of... of... Sadly not, no. No. Um, £20,000, though. Yeah, she's she's the sole beneficiary of Jen, of Johnny's immense... bin pizza. ...great personal fortune, which has come to the princely sum of £20,000. Now all this talk Did that about seem him, like low to anybody. Can I just say like, like this is all this talk of him being a big businessman and how great he was at everything and he's got twenty. I mean I'm not you know lots of people don't have twenty grand at all when they die but that must be after his his funeral and everything. Yeah, I mean I suppose she, surely okay <laughs> go on because he he sold his bit of the Rovers didn't he I don't know how much she got for that. Um, obviously the factory went a bit sour with him when the roof came off so that probably cost him a few bob but it, it felt like as a as a a factory owning landlord he should maybe have had more savings than that i'm not going to criticize people for not having savings but he's I, literally I think it, I blame no Kate. assets I, I, I think it's kate's fault i think she's still going to the bank of dad this is what i'm confused about because jed carla gets a nose put out of joint right Jenny's surprised because she didn't expect to get anything. And she's like, well, Carla, Kate or Susie. Who's Susie? Baby, oh, Susie. baby Susie. She'd get this Play money. Breathe life into um, this um, I agree with her in a way, but um, didn't they already get stuff off of him when he was alive? How did Carla remember. end up at the factory? Um, I'm almost certain at some point, all of these people, apart from the poor kid, Susie, has been given so much money off off of Johnny that he kind of probably thought, well, you, I've already given it to you and you're alive. Mm. I'm not going to give you any more. I don't think How it's unusual do we... for somebody's money to go to their spouse rather than their children anyway. Well, even, though, even if they've only been married for a few years. Well, it's a bit different when the spouse is not related to the children. Yeah, I guess so. But, um, the, Kate, let's just examine this, shall we, for a second. This woman has never had a proper job in her life. She worked at, at the factory doing God knows what, like chief dungaree wearer, as far as I can <laughs> say. She swans around doing nothing her entire life, and now she lives in Bali. I think that her dad's financed enough of her life without Gemma, being... she's really, really sorry that she couldn't make it to the funeral, no more information. <laughs> she's probably high on a beach. <laughs> Johnny has been dead for quite a while now. It's not like, you know... Got to have the funeral next day. Can't make it because I'm living halfway across the world. He's been, you know, he's she been... could have been like, can you have it next week? Because I'll be free then. And everyone's like, no, <laughs> we don't want you to come. He's been stone cold for like three, four weeks now at least. He probably could have had time to prepare. But um, they didn't go into it. She I probably was... didn't even read the text probably. She'd be like, oh, dad wants me to come home for dinner or something. I'll just say I can't be. I was wondering whether she was going to come back. And I think I might have seen something online that suggested that she would be back for the funeral. And I might have misread it or I don't know whether it was a rumour or, or, or what. So I, I actually went into Wednesday's episode thinking that we might get a surprise reappearance from did Kate. You, huh? I, I did. So um, fortunately not. Um, but we did. We, we got Faye and Ray this week, didn't we? Can't have so all many, back so at many once. people we can cope with at once. Mm. 
Jenny accuses Daisy of wanting to get her hands on um, Johnny's money when Daisy tells her that she should keep it because that's why she got left it because Johnny wanted her to have it. And she's like, oh, you just want it. Also, yeah, this is when Jane, Jenny's lounging Jenny's drunkenly drunk. on, yeah. the, uh, on the sofa. She's so in the back. good. She's like, yeah, and want Daniel because you can have his money in the house. We we talked to Sal and I talked about her drunk acting. She yeah, she's great, <laughs> really good. Can I just also and the say it's always so over the top as well. I also thought it was really good that she managed to do some very dramatic scenes without changing really her drunk acting, but it still it it worked for the dramatic like scenes as well as the funny ones you yeah. know it and she didn't change the way she performed the lines which would have been an, an easier way of kind of making it a bit more serious mm. you know um she calls us shameless she says she's a gold digger and she's only using 30 for her insta follows <laughs> daisy's like huh fine walks off um daisy finds daniel on the street and says oh jenny's been mean to me and Daniel says I don't care families we should just make this a secret so nobody knows we're dating which is like what an okay for god's sake ah soap operas eh (sighs) what a stupid they talk about Romeo and Juliet don't they (coughs) they're going to do a bit of Montague Capulet thing without the the double suicide at the end yeah um, and without being like 15 or whatever, mm. however old they were. Later on, Jenny is still knocking back the pheno and telling Carla that she wants her to have the money. Carla's a bit miffed off that she didn't get any money. And Jenny keeps going, digging herself into the hole going, well, you know, maybe it's because you didn't bond with each other because um, you didn't really know he was your dad for so long. That Jenny had a couple of um, foot-in-mouth instances this week, didn't she? What was it? I can't remember. She said something today and then she's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was. Daisy comes in to try to talk to her, but she says, uh, leave me alone. So on Friday, um, Daisy is, um, is leaning very heavily into this subterfuge by dressing up like an international woman of mystery with a big black sunglasses on and a trench coat. And he's like, I think it's, you're being a bit obvious at this. And she's like, oh, I just put it on when I came in as a joke. And she's so funny, isn't she, Daniel? Um... They're going to pretend, continue to pretend that they've split up and date in secret. Then we see Jenny in the bar in the Rovers. Um, she is hungover and sad. And she doesn't really remember anything about yesterday. Daisy doesn't bring it up, what she said to her. Um, and then Jenny says about, she starts reminiscing about Johnny and how they used to play darts together. Then Daniel comes in. <laughs> Always about the farting. Daniel comes in and says, oh, we split up. Me and me and Daisy split up. And, oh, Dan- yeah, and, 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 and um, Jenny's like, oh, what? Because of all the farting. Because she saw these vegetables. And Daniel's like, no, no, no. And then, and Daisy says because the green smoothies or that's something. That's right, yeah. So. And Daisy says, thanks. And then Daniel's like, no, no, no. It's the, it's the toenail thing. And, and then Jenny stares at her feet and she's like, and and, Dan, and Daniel's saying, oh, she can't help it. That was funny. I did <laughs> it enjoy It was really that. funny. Um, and Daisy's guest and lays put out of a joint. So when this new county striker comes in, Jenny tries to hook them up, her and Daisy. Daisy, him and Daisy. Daisy takes her up on it on it to make Daniel jealous. So they go off to the, um, go off to, together to sit and Daniel gets really jealous. He goes home and Googles him and says he's number two. He's like, oh. Yeah, he's does, does his Does his shirt number 10 refer to his 
something or his... He, he says, is it is it his shirt number or is it his IQ? Yeah, and she's like, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know what his shirt number is? He's like, oh, strikers are number 10. I'm like, are they? <laughs> I don't know. I loved how then she called him out on that by saying, oh, where did the... I don't I can't even name another position in football. No, I don't. Um, I don't even know that she was... What she said was even a real position. I don't know. But it fooled me. He um, well, a clue. He's clearly been jealously Googling. He says, well, um, I'm allowed to Google people my girlfriend are talking to. And she's like, oh, girlfriend, am I your girlfriend? And he's like, oh, maybe. And then they kiss each other. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed I'm this. I'm, really... I'm, I'm definitely warming up to the idea of Daisy and Daniel But together. I'm really still suspicious because she only fancied him. Have we supposed to forget this? Well, no, but we, I don't think we're supposed to forget it. I, thought I, would have, I would have said yes, but Jenny mentioned it this week, didn't she? She said about the house this week. She's, uh, I'm pretty sure she mentioned that when she was yeah. calling her a gold digger. Because when she found out... I think out, it started off like that. But she I, fancied I, Ryan, and then, and then she went off Ryan, and as soon as she found out Daniel... After she date-raped him. Yeah. As soon as she found out that Daniel had a house she was like hmm Daniel hmm and then she pursued him and now it's supposed to be like it's okay that she wanted to go out with him because he's rich because she actually likes him as well I think that yeah that was the initial draw for sure but she's out realizing that he is actually a stand-up decent chap and I'm I, I this this is probably at the moment this is the most I've ever liked Daisy seeing that um she has got a bit of a, a softer side to her. And then this is one of the other things that I was talking about Sal this week. And she was saying, oh, Mikey, you always say that everybody should be nice all the time. What, what, would, um, what would life be like? What would soap be like if everyone was just nice? You can't have that. But I, 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 I just want Daisy to be not as one-dimensional as I still feel that she's been for the majority of the past 12 months. And seeing her kind of go a little bit gooey over Daniel this week has been, uh, yeah, okay. I, I, will, I will now accept her bitchiness if we also get to see that she's a real person underneath there as well, you know, with human feelings. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for this romance at the moment. I think it could be quite good. I still don't know. I, I can, I can see what Adam's saying about the fact that they're not suited for each other and he needs to be very careful <coughs> and, and watch himself. Um, and I think probably he will end up getting his, his heart broken by her. But for the time being, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm for this. What what about you? I don't like them together at all. I think they're Ooh. really unsuited. I don't. I think I really like Daisy um, because uh, because she isn't nice all the time. And uh, you know I'm on Sal's side here about you can't have everyone nice all the time. Um, Daisy's fun because she's um, disruptive. I that's part of what made her fun but just as I say it was also what made her quite one dimensional to me I think that the stuff of Bertie was quite cute this week as well when she was playing around with him I'm surprised that Daniel was okay like I know he told her off and everything she got offended I'm surprised that he didn't say hang on a minute you you, you can't get offended at me telling you you're not allowed to put a photo of my child on the internet. Yeah, she probably should have thought about that. I think I think it is um It's really really widely accepted that maybe doing that with other people's kids isn't the done thing at the moment. Really... Hasn't she heard of GDPR? <laughs> I think yeah, I would never do that. And and also, why is she getting likes for having a kid? 
There's obviously something I'm missing. People if like anything puppy, cute. And we have said that Bertie is quite a cutie in the past, haven't we? If she had a puppy, I'd be like, yes, I can completely understand this. <laughs> but um, I don't understand, yeah. Yeah, no, she, uh, she she probably shouldn't have done that. But um, I I found one of the things that was interesting with the Bertie, and um, somebody again said this on Facebook, um, I, I read a theory that maybe Daisy had something to do with Tom's death and they're going to be kind of retconning her into being the cause of her brother's drowning because she seemed a little bit um, nervous about the idea of babysitting at the beginning of the week which you kind of would if you were babysitting your kid brother and then he drowns himself and there were possible signs of that happening if they decide they're going to go down that route what do you reckon what do you think of that theory um how I don't how would it go well, just that Je- Jenny does Jenny. I can't remember exactly. Jenny blames does she, herself. She blame herself. She, she says she wasn't. She was supposed to be minding Tom, but he drowned in a pool. Yeah, and obviously when that was all written, the character of Daisy doesn't exist. But I, I guess they're going to write it. Well, if if they do go down this route, it'd be or Jenny was there, and so was Daisy. The thing Daisy's is, Daisy's not Daisy, old enough. No, she was. She was would have been a young girl back then, wouldn't she? She's not old enough to be responsible. No, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm imagining. I can't remember whether we've got a date for all this happening, but whether is it early two thousands or even in, in like late nineties, maybe. I, I, I've kind of lost track a little bit. But yeah, I wonder whether young Daisy accidentally did this, and and that that would screw you up. I don't think it was that long ago because I think that didn't 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 Jenny say something about? I can't remember a birthday date of significance to Jack. Oh yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, what? It would have been his birthday or something, or he was. Yeah. He never got to be five or something. Yeah, something. no, you're right. You're it's right. not that long ago, but it's mm. Daisy's not that old either. No, no. So um, I I think that could be quite interesting. Loath as I am to, you but know, have these the day- not really retcons, but retcons in Coronation but, Street. But wouldn't Daisy? Wouldn't Jenny know? Not necessarily. She, or for all she knows, I mean, she was there looking after Tom and Daisy. Well, and what are you trying to say that Daisy drowned Tom in a the pool? They're actually just playing with him, you know. Just holding his head underwater to see the pretty bubbles. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's an idea. I, I, I like the idea of that theory. Quite possible. We'll have to wait and see for that one. Okay. Oh yeah. It depends on how. She definitely. She definitely had a bit of a had a bit of a look. Although maybe to be honest, if if I had killed my little brother accidentally, um, I'd be a little bit more than just hesitant to do the babysitting. But then once I did it, I'd be okay with it. I think I I couldn't bring myself to do anything with kids. But it, it also um I mean it ties into the whole battery swallowing thing with Bertie as well, doesn't it? And why. Would would this have been a reason why she did that paediatric first aid course? I don't know, because maybe she couldn't save her save her brother. I don't know. Just an idea. Interesting idea. Yeah, no, it was fine. Um, okay, right. Let's move on to the um the the Tashes to Ashes uh summer crush story then. And um, what have we got with this this week? Oh, sorry, I just for some reason scrolled away from my notes. And oh yeah, I had Sam being silent. Okay, so Tuesday then. This this has got using the max and everything as well. So he's got this science project due, um, and he doesn't really want to do it. But David said, "Well, tough. You need to." So Max says, "Why don't you do it then?" 
Um, he, he's just, he's still being a, a massive ass, isn't he? A very disrespectful young scallywag this week. He's a naughty scamp. He, uh, the, I, I like that last scene of the movie where he goes for the punch with David. I know. What bit bit of a rubbish like? one. Um, but anyway, um, so David sees someone in the cafe later and says, look, can you help Max out with this science project thing at lunchtime? He always seems to be so much more focused when you're helping him out. So later, um, Summer's rounds with, with Max, they're sitting at the kitchen table or something, and they've done their science project, and he's um, he's saying, oh, it's, uh, it's always so much easier, and then you're helping me. So he's massively crushing on her as well. And um, he also tells her about this film project that he's working on. And um, I he, I got the completely wrong idea of this. I, I thought that he was going to be making some kind of weird, pervy summer video of candid summer shots or something like that or like a romance or isn't summer beautiful that sort sort of thing did Mm. you did you think it was going that way I don't know what I thought honestly I don't know because it was it was clearly when he mentions it alarm bells are ringing that he's doing something a bit weird here but what he actually does I quite enjoyed when we get to see that on Friday (coughs) yeah that's, that's what I thought anyway and um, so he, he's, he's having a great day on Tuesday. Then we have got... Oh, I've just lost my flipping place in my notes again. What's going on with my... Because I go... Uh, uh, feeling this air, feeling air. Gemma, say something funny to fill the air. No. Thank you very much. So Wednesday then, um, we're back. It, it's more of the, the, the Sam and Nick stuff before they converge on Friday. They're at the bistro. Sam's still not said anything. He's going on, what, three, four weeks now being mute. Um, every time Jude Jordan picks up his script, it's like, yeah, another week where I don't have to learn any Sam lines. Could be intently. worse. How does he manage to like be so compelling and sort of so lovable, and everybody thinks he's doing amazingly with absolutely no lines to say? Maybe they do, maybe they should have a silent episode of Coronation Street. Has a soap ever done that before? You know, they're like their special themed episodes, like your backwards episodes and your musical episodes. And what if there was an episode where nobody spoke? Maybe after Ken dies, they can all go through a period of, uh, of mourning like this. Again, just a thought. I'm just trying to channel you... his spirit and it doesn't work on you. You just Come on, through. Gemma, say something. You're like, say something. brilliant, she's not speaking, I can carry on. Right, Nick tells Sam they're going to move back to the flat, um, which might seem scary, son. But you've got all your family to support you, so it's going to be okay. No response from Nick's like, if you're happy with me for me to go move back into the flat with you where your mum was brutally murdered and there's still a bit of a stain on the floor, don't say anything. Any, 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 objections? any objections, Sam? No, 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 you got your chance? Super. <laughs> so Sam's probably just like waving and going no. and Leanne says he's not trying to communicate there he wouldn't communicate he doesn't communicate in any way you're mis- misinterpreting no Leanne says to Nick look maybe we should move somewhere new and Nick says no um, that place has Ollie memories for you there so that's the that's the excuse that they have to go back there. And then we have a scene where Max massively puts his foot in it, doesn't he? Do you remember? They're waiting outside yeah. the flat, and the and Max is like, "Oh, have they have they cleaned up after you know you know what in the flat?" And da- David's reaction is great because he can't believe what Max is saying. He's just stunned that anybody could be so insensitive. This is probably the sort of thing I'd say to be honest, isn't it? Um, and he he says, Max. Shut up! <laughs> Gives him a massive talking to when he goes uh, when, when Nick and, and, and Co go upstairs. So they they go up into the flat. Sam's definitely seems to be struggling about being there, and uh, but Nick says he'll be okay. Just give him a bit of time. Um, she's got a plan. 
And the idea is a mummy memory jar. So what... This is a nice idea. I thought it was a lovely idea. I didn't... I mean, I, I'm not surprised that Sam... Sam's go-to reaction to anything at the moment is to walk off to his room where he goes and kind of reflects on it, I suppose. But yeah, the idea is that he's got his little jar and if he wants to say something to his mum, he writes a note and pops it inside. I thought it was memories of what they'd done or things they'd done together. Oh, was, oh yeah, maybe. Well, it says mummy memory jar, not mummy communication tin. <laughs> I thought that it was a message to mum. I don't, I don't remember. I well, don't I'm know. sure that he knows what he's doing. He's a bright kid. He was probably listening. Yeah. I, like whatever. Us. Whatever it is, it's Do what you want sweet. with it. We don't care, Sam. It's pretty sweet because he goes off. He's quite rude, actually, when they say, <laughs> here's a rude. jar. Um, you can put stuff in it, whatever. And he just walks off to the bedroom. But then at the end of the episode, um, Nick and Leanne are having another chat about the whole situation. And, and little Sam comes around the corner and uh, he puts something in the jar and then goes back to his room again. And me and you are both like, ah, oh, when he did that, weren't we? That was so sweet. I am loving this at the moment. I, I, I think I, I want to know what the people who, because um, there were definitely some Corrie viewers who were getting a bit... Um, a bit tired of Sam, weren't they? They were thinking <clears throat> he was being a bit too full on and too much. I think even I was saying a little bit. They need to be He's very bit, careful yeah. because I was. It Over feels basing. like yeah. Every time he opens his mouth, it looks like the Coronation Street scriptwriters have opened up an encyclopedia page and are just copying from that. Did um, you know? And I've had none of that problem <laughs> ever since know? he stopped talking. Did you know that Salvador Dali designed the Chubba Chubs logo? <laughs> I did know that. Did you know that before I told you? Uh, no, we, I, didn't. I read this on Reddit on the on the Coronation Street subreddit earlier. It was funny. Yeah, he's he's just got facts about everything, including. I must have been killing him not to tell Lily this as she was choking to death. <laughs> Spoiler, Jella, for Gemma. Oh, sorry. Friday, Max as um he 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 decides that um, I, I'm gonna. I want to go and do a bit of babysitting for Sam. He he, he, no. pretend, he pretends that he wants to go and hang out with him and maybe yes. he's going to be able to get him to open up. And, and no, he part... wants to film where the... That, yeah, we, we don't know at the time that's what he wants. And it's also quite good for him because he gets to offer this in front of Summer. So he's looking like... So anti so lovely and sensitive in front of his crush. So, um... Nick brings home a telescope from somewhere or other. I can't remember. I didn't hear where that was. Um, so that they can do some stargazing out on the um, balcony. I don't know why there isn't just one there anyway all the time, but never mind. So um, Sam's not interested. He just goes straight to his bedroom again. Massive fail there, Nick. Um, and then Max um, is later on talking to Summer, saying I handed him a science project. Um, oh, no, that was earlier. I'm all mixed up. This, this is where I've been moving my notes all around because the storylines have converged sorry so daniel notices max is doing a lot of selfies doesn't he and he, he he's doing it well he's doing a bit of selfieing he's doing a bit of filming clearly for this film project whatever it is and um and there's a bit where was it debbie and david were talking about the sinkhole and max is there being very um skulky and suspicious around the door where he's filming this conversation and um we, we later find out what this is all about um, we had uh, Lily. This is Lily's biggest episode yet, wasn't it? Yes. She's she. I mean, I think she had more lines in tonight's episode than she's ever had in her however many years of the show that she's been in it. But she tells she thinks that Sam is just being stupid, not speaking. Uh, and Max says he can't control that. He just um, that's just the way he is. And Lily's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So that was it. Um, she was easily convinced of that. Well, no, but. she wasn't. 
She she wasn't, but she it seemed like she's she was like, at the well, time. He's, he's not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with him about mm. it. Um, Smart girl. Yes. So don't. This is when we get to, to find out what Max's sl- uh, film project was because he sends a copy of this to Summer, thinking <laughs> well, that she's going to go weak at the knees for this. Um, it's it's a little vi- the video about the sinkhole. It's this massive conspiracy theory I love thing, it. isn't it? It's kind of names and shames Harvey Gaskell. It's got Johnny Hero. Um, Natasha, tragic. Yeah, yeah, and and then it's uh, which is a big, bit rude. <laughs> big thanks to Summer Spellman for all her all her help at the end of it. She's like the one and only credit. His yeah. one true love, Summer, and um, she's um, that, a bit a, annoyed, a bit annoyed by Missed this, off. a bit taken aback because she seems <laughs> to think that if this video gets out, she's not going to get to Oxford. Well, she's I, like, I kind of thought this was a bit of an overreaction. It's I just like a little film that's been well, made. Right, number one, I don't think it's going to go viral to the extent that it reaches Oxford no. or Cambridge. And number two, you can't control what other people put on the internet about you. And and, and I, I think if I was um, an Oxford... Um, what's it called? Entrance woman Well, you or should man. know that you're... My aunt you're... does do this job. <laughs> Admin- Not at Oxford, administ- at Bath. Uh, and minister and they read the UCAS admissions admissions officer that's right if I was one of those I'd kind of understand that you know (laughs) a 14 hours max 14, 15 might do something like that and it doesn't mean that you're not Oxford material. I, I honestly, I thought that she was massively overreacting to this. In fact, I thought everybody was because he, I mean, he's put it online and, um, and for a lot of the rest of the episode, as people find out, they drag him through the coals for it. And it's just, and I was just thinking, it's quite a good project, really. Um, yeah, but it's not, it's about people that they know that died. And it's a bit in bad taste. But I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. And I thought the video <laughs> it's itself brilliant. was really well done. <clears throat> as it... in, it was badly done. It looked like a shoddily put together film project. And I, I have to say that, I mean, I teach children, what, four or five years younger than Max. And I think some of them could do a bit of a better job than he did. But as, as a video that was supposed to look, you know, thrown together by a teenager who's probably not particularly literate in this kind of, um, this, this thing. I thought it was really, really good job. So uh, well done to whoever at Coronation Street behind the scenes did that. I also like the way that he formatted it for, for um, w- watching on phones. Oh, by making it himself these days. Well, he did it on his iP- on his on his laptop. I, I think but... we need to employ um, Daisy and Max as our social media managers for the podcast. I want think Max of all to the make likes trailers we'd get. for us. I thought that the um, the dialogue that he was using was great. He had a good script for it. It's just it some very, of the, uh, the, the film itself looked a bit naff. But anyway, so Summer's uh, Summer's miffed off about this. <coughs> She's Meanwhile, like, yeah. we cut back to the flat, Nick and Leanne's flat, where Max is kind of wondering out aloud where Natasha was shot. Sam's Sam's gone off to the bedroom or something at this point. Um, no, oh no, he he's hasn't. not. No, he's he's there. He's that's right. Max is talking to Lily about it, and then Sam comes in, and uh, Max is like, "Oh, do you fancy being in the next part of my film?" Um, which basically involves Sam sitting silently at the table with his mem- mummy memory jar. I'm going to say mummy memory jar at this point. <laughs> I know I am. What well, was you it? Said it now. What was it that? Um, what was it that Bernie said about her boobs earlier this? Children oh, love them. Yeah, she. They love her maternal breasts, don't they? I don't. I mean, I've never, I've never had that problem. 
with children. <laughs> so they're I not don't swarming know. to you. No, they don't. Um, I think you're giving us <clears throat> a bit away about yourself there, Gemma. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he's sitting there with his mummy memory jar. <laughs> not saying anything, obviously. I, I don't know what's... Um, but what Max expected here, to be honest, but he's saying, oh, the, how did it make, what was it like when your mum died? How did it make you feel? Did it make you feel sad? Because he's going to go on this film, obviously. Um, but then when Nick comes home, Max stops because he realises he probably shouldn't be doing this. Um, Summer storms in as well and has a go at Max for making this trashy video, she calls it, and also for pretending to care about Sam. That was really what Max should be berated for, I think, at this point, for pretending that he's being sympathetic to his cousin, brother, relative. I don't know know what they are at the moment. She says, what will Oxford say when they found out? I want my name off the video now. And if you've got any sense, you'll delete it. I don't think it's possible to take the video down without deleting it. I don't think it's possible to take the name off the video, I mean, without deleting it. No, I agree with you. You've got to delete it and then decide whether you're going to put it back up again without the name. But anyway, um, Nick also overhears what's going on and... um, well, partly, he, he overhears that, that Summer's um, mad at him, but Max won't say why. So, they all go off somewhere. Nick's, Nick buggers off again. Max also swans off by himself, just leaving Lily in the flat with Max. And um, <laughs> Lily's a bit of an ass, isn't she, as well? Um, what what, um, what does this say about David's parenting skills that he's raising <coughs> a couple of psychos here? But um, Lily locks Sam out on the balcony, Nick and Imran style if you remember that scene, and starts calling his mutism silly. And then she starts doing a little dance, which is um, Max and Summer sitting in the bath. What's she saying sitting in the bath? Max and Summer sitting in the bath. Um, and then she does a little dance. I think, she, I think she's trying to make him laugh, wasn't she? She was trying to get him to say something or show some mm. reaction because he's just stony-faced to everything now, at the moment. I don't really think that she was being very... She was being a bit malicious here, but it's not... Well... It Not felt like mean. malicious at first, and then when she started doing the dance, she's, I thought, oh, she's just trying to help in her own. She's yeah, weird she's trying way. to help, but in in a kind of a very because she's the older child here, isn't she? And Lily, she's older so. than Sam. Is she? I don't know. I'd say it was the other way around. Oh, how I old is Sam not... supposed to be? Sam Sam's in year six at the moment, so he's um, oh, he's like means eleven. Absolutely nothing to me. Sam Sam's older. Oh, than Oh, I is. thought Sam was like six. What? <laughs> I thought Sam was six. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I talked about this last week on the podcast. I said he's in his stats this year. <laughs> what? He'll be in big school next year. <laughs> he's so small. <laughs> I know. What's no. his name? Jude Jordan. Uh, Let me look. You were talking. Do you want me to do a no, bit of age googling here? Oh no! Live good to no, me. How old are they? I'll find this out. How... You you were probably yeah, going to say something gonna... very important. There. Yeah, but it depends on how old they were because, um, but the thing is, because because um, okay, it doesn't really matter whether they're this uh, she's younger than him or not. But when when a kid like Lily has been used to being bossed around by an older brother or sister, like she would have been by Max, when they when she's now she's got the opportunity to kind of parent another child in a way she's just taken hasn't she mm. right sam was born in 2011 keep talking um so i i i don't think she's being a bit mean but only in a in a very childish kind of i'm gonna give you a bit of tough love here kind of a way you know what i mean i don't yeah. think that she's um she's trying to hurt him lily was born august 2013 so she's two and a half years younger than him 
Oh dear. Yeah. She looks old. I don't understand children. <laughs> um, anyway, she chokes on a lolly, doesn't she? Yeah, she spends, she, sees... she spends the whole episode eating that girl. <laughs> and she's there with a lolly in her mouth and she gets a toast of her own medicine. No, that's not right. No, serves, serves her right. Don't do a dance <clears throat> with a lolly in your mouth. Um, and she ends up choking it. And I, I, like I said, I, before today, I, I, I wasn't a massive fan of Lily, but there wasn't much to be a fan of. She was just one of these children who's there in the background. But I thought she did a pretty decent job today. And, and her choking good, acting, yeah. I thought, was quite good as well. Because actually. not only did she she act that she she was choking, but she had to act swallow. She had to act out swallowing the the lollipop. Hmm. And then starting to choke, and she did a freaking I job. It's a very, very difficult thing to pull off. Yeah, um, maybe now, they just choked her. <laughs> Fortunately for um, Lily, um, George and Roy are alerted by the sound of a tumbling telescope on the cobbles. Later, they rush upstairs to the flat. Don't ask how they got in. Uh, so Roy does his eye licking on Lily, and uh, then he's pretty mad at Sam for not calling out and George has to say um doesn't he tell you Roy's not spoken for about three weeks and they're in bliss I think that George was um conflicted here because on the one hand he doesn't want to see a child die but on the other hand Roy is basically snatching money from his I know I children's know. mouths here. think how much you get for a for a little child funeral think of all the all the flat oh no the flowers he don't don't go through him does he no but no. well I think sometimes they do sell oh, them yeah, don't maybe, they maybe. so George is like look Roy I know that you're a hero and everything but that's money stop saving people from dying this is some everyone's got to die at some point yeah it's my lifeblood death exactly <laughs> um anyway so that Roy Roy goes off and he has a bit of a a bit of a stropper. Um, who does he have a stropper later? Carla, because she's still miffed that she's not getting any money from the will, and he's like, "Oh, some people don't have a parent to give money to get money from." What? And I don't was... get what he was mad about here. I was no, thinking, I was a is bit he confused. mad about Nina? I, I, my first thought when Roy said this was, "My mum didn't leave me anything. My dad, I never knew." Um, I, I think, or whatever the story is, there he was um, estranged at least, and and mum was my mum was useless. But I think Carla's got every right to complain about. I would be the same if I was her. Yeah. It's not that it's not that she didn't get left anything. It's that she doesn't know why she didn't, and there was stuff to get to be left. It's mm. not like um, she's not. I don't think she's materialistic. I think she's. It's literally just why did why did my dad not even yeah. think about me? I'll never know. Mm, mm. I don't know. Anyway, I think I think that Roy later says he was he was thinking of. Of all the childless, all the motherless children on the street, like Sam, I think. But didn't, didn't yeah, Natasha but leave him anything? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I assume know. that Sam's been left. I think I missed something obvious. Chunk there. of cash. Did you write and tell me what what I missed? I think I missed it too because I didn't get what he's. Mm. What anyway, he's Lily gets wheeled into an ambulance, <laughs> even though she's fine. I don't think that they just go. Oh, it's fine. I think it's good that she gets checked over. Yeah. Um, but and Nick and Max and David are all kind of watching her get in there because Nick finds Max skulking under the uh, uh, under the bridge, doesn't he? Under the under the Rosamond Street Ginnel. Um, then there's Ginnell, a debate about, about the telescope. Yes, Nick says, "Wasn't it good that he dropped his telescope? That was a way of him communicating to us. So that at least that's something." And Leanne says. No, I don't think he'd drop it intentionally. Not because it's a telescope and he loves space and everything, but because He's that's mute. communicating. And if you're mute, you don't want to communicate in any way, it's even if that. it's dropping a telescope over the edge of a It's balcony. not that you don't want to, it's that you, you can't. You can't, yeah, yeah. 
I, I don't know. I, and, and, then they, and then they kind of say, but so he would have literally stood there and watched his cousin die. Yes. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 was, I thought this was a bit of a weird conversation. I thought it was a weird conversation and I thought it was strange how it was never resolved at the end of the episode. So did he drop it or not? Are we supposed to be... Is this going to be a new... The report. Did Sam drop the telescope or not? Are we going to go through the rest? Of, we will talk about it in a minute. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah. We, we, we see Nick having a go at Max about the video. Um, Roy's worried about um, poor motherless Sam and also it's been playing on his mind about where this gun came from that shot Natasha and he's still convinced it could very well be Abby's gun but Nina's saying nah don't worry about it I'm sure it's not because she's trying to deflect um, blame on her, on Abby and herself or something I can't remember but she she doesn't want to, him to worry about that um, so we see Summer seeing David giving Max a right telling off in the street um, and then at the end of the episode David is going to confiscate Max's handheld games thingy <laughs> And I don't know what the writers were talking about with David this week, but two times in this week's Coronation Street, David seems oblivious to what video games are, um, which I completely don't believe because he's been a bit of a gamer himself in the past. Yeah, but he also says... Do you forget what video games are? I know it's a dad thing to say, but we're now entering the generation where dads and mums grew up on video games Thank themselves. You. So the trope of parents not knowing anything about technology or what their kids are getting up to is, you know, not quite so relevant as a, or accurate as it once was. But the fact, yeah. He also references them playing a game together. Yeah, yeah, he did as well, didn't he? So I, so I don't know. Yeah, that was a bit of a weird one. I didn't agree with that. But yeah, it was, but I also pointed out to you that they didn't call his Switch a Switch. Yes. But they do call Jack's Xbox an Xbox. So is there some kind of... Um, Shady Microsoft yeah, deal. Yeah, exactly. funneling all of his cash. I could totally imagine Nintendo saying, no, you're not allowed to mention our product on, on your... I can uh, bloody imagine it as yeah. well. Anyway, um, so this is where Max takes a swing for David. Misses him. Um, <laughs> yeah, because David, David's like, go upstairs, do what you're told. And he's like, no, you can't make me. What are you going to do? Yeah. And then Max to punch is like, well, and I'll then punch stomps you. upstairs. That was, uh, that was quite cool. That came out of nowhere. Well, I mean, <laughs> can, you, can you believe this Max is the same sweet little Max that was singing Christmas songs no, and can't. doing a wedding re- uh, reenactment just last Christmas? No. But oh well. They've got to grow up sometime, haven't they? Well, this is what uh, David was like. He said to Shana, Did you see that? Did you see what he just tried to do? And then he should have said, ever since this kid's been recast, he's been a nightmare. I wonder whether they would have Max push, <coughs> push David down the stairs. Oh, wow. That would be that would be getting a taste of your own medicine. I kind medicine. of want him to talk to Gail and be like, oh, I can't believe, can't believe Max tried to hurt me. And Gail be like, yeah, can you imagine your own child trying to hurt you? That would be quite interesting. Like, or even just have Max calling David, David. Yes. In the same way that he has dis- been disrespectfully calling his mum Gail all this time. And then he's going to kind of realise... <laughs> what he's done. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. I'd love that. That's very good. <laughs> this, is why, this is why soaps <coughs> are so interesting. Yeah, because you get to see because these Because you can have generations like or families just screwing everything over. <laughs> well, Gail's totally turned into Ivy, as we know, hasn't she? In, in some ways. Apart from Nietzsche, she didn't really like the Pope. No, not so much. Um, okay, so what, what um, the Sam then? Would, should we be worried about him? Would he have Would he have stayed there and watched his cousin choke to death? I thought I was confused here because I feel as though um, we're missing 
we're missing the PSA, aren't we? Where's the... I wanted Dr Gaddis. Have I missed something? Has Dr Gaddis done a speech about what mutism is? No. We have, we're having to piece it together ourselves. Um, because I, f- I feel like it's missing from this conversation. Because um, now I don't know a lot about it. It used to be called... There's different types. It used to be called elective mutism and yeah. then selective mutism. But what he has is just mutism. Because... Um, I don't even know whether that's what it is. Has it actually been called that, or is it just no, he's it not hasn't. talking? No, it hasn't. And I was not, I was not under the impression until today that we were supposed to be taking this as like a proper serious, no, um, sort of psychological issue that he's got. I, I was like, so what is it? Is he just sulking, or is he being just in rude, or I don't, I don't. Is it just dramatic soap thing that he's doing? <laughs> just being dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's. Like I looked it up and it's uh, very serious, isn't it? This and it's um, very it, misunderstood. Is a, did it, does it seem to be a something that gets triggered by um, bereavement? I don't know. I, I assume it didn't really talk about triggers, um, but it's not something. It's very misunderstood, and I think think Coronation Street is is at the moment helping to aid in understanding of this condition, but you have to give them time because they might they might be building up the ignorance in the characters to then combat it later, which you've got to give them space to be able to do that. Mm. But um, the idea that he's communicating or not, that that is not right. This this idea that, that Leanne's saying, no, mute, somebody who's got mutism is will never communicate under any circumstances with anybody in any manner whatsoever. That's not right. Isn't it? Have you looked no. at as that? Mutism is where you physically cannot bring yourself to speak. You can't... It's not like you're choosing not to. That's why it used to be called selective, and now it's... No, elective, and now it's mm. called selective. Because you're not electing not to speak. But there are different levels of it, which is why it's called selective mm. mutism. Because some children, it's usually children can speak in the presence of different people and there are different triggers like the situational triggers or people like they some children can only speak in front of their friends some can only speak in front of their parents yeah I, I've, I've taught a child that who in, in the past are you allowed has, to talk about this yeah yeah I, I've known a child who in the past has had that condition but by the time she's come up to me she was talking for, she, was, oh, okay. she came across as being quite shy and she didn't talk much but she you, you wouldn't have ever known so um, I, that that's the, the most experience that I've got with that. I yeah, mean, you just nothing you really. just physically can't do it. It's not like you're you're choosing not to, but you can <coughs> you can communicate in other ways. Yeah. So it's not what Leanne said isn't right. It would have been possible for for Sam to have been mute and still communicated using like some sometimes you you might move your hand or nod your head or write stuff. That's perfectly Put it in a jar acceptable if this if this jar the mummy memory memory jar is writing messages to heaven then that's a form of communication isn't it or even putting a memory in the jar if, if it was just this is a memory i mean that's a form of communication in the, at the very most basic level making eye contact when somebody's talking to you is communication yeah, yeah. I, I'd be fascinated to know what's inside Sam's head at the moment because he is so, you know, bright for his age. What's he thinking? Is he thinking, I've, you know, I, I can't do it. Is he thinking, I've started this now, I need to carry on. Um, people have um, 
speculated on the fact whether he's on the um, autistic spectrum or whatever, is it a case that this is just what I do now and I absolutely can't get out of this because, you know, that's my... It's awkward. I can't talk now because people make a big deal about it. Yeah. He he must be thinking, thinking, thinking all the time because he's not looking, you know, he, he is... He's feeling a little bit expressionless, maybe, but he's not looking like dead behind the eyes or anything. I would say, um, I, I, I'd be, re- I, I can't wait for him to start talking again, just so that he can talk about his experiences. And it makes me wonder what's going to make, <coughs> what's going to make him talk again, because there's going to be some trigger in the end, isn't there? Is it going to be that there's a similar situation to this where he has to talk, or is it just finding the right person to talk to? I found it very tantalising the fact that Roy was the one to go up there and rescue Lily because I think that Roy and Sam would get on like a house on fire, throw in Fergus for good measure and it'd be like Ina, Minnie and Martha again, I tell you, it's the it's the new trio mm. of the um, <laughs> cafe maybe. Um, so yeah, maybe he just needs the right person to talk to and open up to and I, I, I do think that Roy, uh, Roy could be the one. Like when you've just been having a look I'm just at looking, selective I'm just looking it up. It's like NHS. you've got to be careful because if you don't treat it, it can persist. Um, and it's just just saying like it's uh, you pan- It's basically you're panicking and you and you can't physically speak. Mm. And apparently, the incidence is some some around one in one hundred and forty children. Oh, okay, that's interesting. But it says, yeah, so selective mutism. You can you can. Says more confident children with selective mutism can use gestures. For example, they may nod or shake their heads, but more severely affected children tend to avoid any form of communication. Oh, there we go. Well, that's spoken, written, or gestured. I know, but the way that Leanne spoke about it, it made it sound as though he's he's like he can't like he's got some like disease that prevents him from communicating, and that's not what is Mm. wrong with him. And it is possible for him to have used that as a way of trying to get attention. Well, they have they have said that they're very concerned about how severe it's going because well, he could is, have yeah. seen Lily. This is the point. It just was clumsily clumsily depicted in the show that if if this has got to the stage where he's so unable to speak that and the way they said it, oh, he'd rather watch his his cousin die than speak. No, he just can't do it. He can't physically do it. It's he's. It's difficult to understand, but you have to accept that he physically cannot speak mm. or communicate. That's just a fact. Yeah. I think we made this happen because we had Lily killed off in Squid Game episode last week. Yeah. I think we Everyone made who happen. died in that episode is going to gradually, just one pop- by one, be picked off or have near-death experiences, at least. Apart well, from Aggie. Yeah. Well, maybe um, we brought it on him by, by saying, oh, better be careful, say too many facts. And people will go right off you. Yeah. So like, oh right, that's all right. Fine then. You won't say anything. How do you like that? Right. Let's uh, let's move on. The Tyler Swift story. This, this uh, I think this, th- this is you. This was one of the um, the one of the this B or C stories this week. I thought it was fine. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't supposed to be the main draw of the week. But well, I, I thought I'm, this was dull. I died. I, I, well, I well, didn't. Well, good like for you. Congratulations. It, on Tuesday, Tyrone is telling Fizz about this. Not a date he's got with... Not a date, What's just going name? for lunch. Isla. Isla. Um, <laughs> like the Isla White. <laughs> yes, that's right. Fizz and Maria chat in the cafe and Fizz is trying to explain why she's cautious about this pairing. And um, Maria's like, 
I think you're just a bit jealous. And then Tyrone tells Kev about what Fizz has said. And Kev's like, oh, it's none of her business. You shouldn't, you shouldn't cancel. You should not listen to her. It's like, right, Tyrone, just can I stop you? Um, never ask Kevin for love advice. <laughs> He's the one out of everybody who's probably worse than you are. It's like watching two idiots talking about physics watching Tyrone and Kevin talking about how to handle women. Well, it's more about more chemistry, I would say, then. Really? Tyrone composes a text with a little white line about why he can't see her. And then Fizz comes up and says, no, it's your business. Don't let me stop you. You see her if you want to. You should go for lunch with her. I'm I'm glad that he had that, because didn't we say on the podcast... Well, I think I was saying on the podcast last week that I think Fizz was um going a bit too far, telling Isla, uh, Tyrone he's got no right to talk to her. Isla, just in case hope and dance. I'm on her side. Out. Yeah, I'm on her side because um, she she can say like just as much as it's none of her business. It's also also perfectly within her right to say whatever she likes. She, she can say whatever she likes, and Tyrone. If Tyrone was so upset and worried about it, he wouldn't have broken up with her in the first place. Is what I think. It's all of his. It's his fault that they're even in the situation in the first place. And I also don't understand why is he so desperate to get a woman, same as Kevin. Can't you just be single for a little bit? Can't can't you just, just have an empty bed for like five <laughs> minutes? Why do you need a girlfriend so much? Do you still not know how the You've washing machine works? this. It's to cook the tea and wash the pants. The date starts, and um, Isla's like right. Number one, first thing, can we agree not to talk about kids? I don't want to talk about children. Let me talk instead about my ex-husband and how much <laughs> I hate him. He's so boring. He's such a stick in the mud. Not like I you. found this really, really funny because she basically describes Tyrone, doesn't yeah, it? Because he's, like, he's always been a total pipe and slippers man. He's been described that in the past and she was saying, oh, this is this is what like, I, I want. I want an adventure. I want a man who's going to... Be... I want a man that's got a photograph of himself standing in front of an exploding car. And yeah, Tyrone's that like, looks really <laughs> awkward as she's saying that she doesn't want to bore an old bloke. I know. And really um, he's like, yeah, me too. I'm looking for some excitement. That's why I'm getting out of the rut that I was in. Um, yeah, with Fizz and the girls. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really hated being a stable family man. <laughs> Fizz is chatting with Phil and the Rovers and says, like, I'm not even obsessed with Tyrone. In fact, I'm the one who told him to move on with his life. Um, which is quite funny because if she wasn't obsessed with him, she wouldn't be talking about him. Yeah. There you go. Later on, it seems as though the lunch has gone really well until a man comes tearing down the stairs like, Oi, oi, what's going on here? Where's my, what are you, I am having, he said just having lunch with your mates. Turns out they're not even exes, they're not even separated, they're still married and he's surprised that this woman is off having lunch I, I thought else. that was, a, I enjoyed that twist. Some people I saw um, speculating um, online that Phil would be her husband, so <laughs> in, in the in-between of um, her saying my ex was um, total bore and this other ginger bloke t- turning up. Some people were saying, oh, what if, what if this total ball that they're talking yeah, about is Phil? That would have been quite, quite funny. funny as well. But no, it's Well, Phil's got other... a type, isn't she? Yeah. So um, he punches uh, Tyrone on the nose and then starts having a row, row with Isla and they storm off together. Fizz has watched the whole thing um, and they take him back to number nine and he's very embarrassed. Nice punch. Came out of nowhere. It was funny and he... Does... Um, he deserved it because I hate him. Oh, I <laughs> hate really. time but, um, <laughs> but, um, it's, 
you know, this is this is the worst case scenario, isn't it? And it's happened now, and it doesn't seem to have affected anything to do with the girls. So obviously, <laughs> Fizz's worries were unfounded. Because if anything's gonna ruin, who was it? Hope or Ruby? I can't remember their relationship with their only friend. It was Hope, wasn't Hope, it? Yeah. Um, it would be perhaps the fact that uh, Hope's daddy tried to. Get off with, <laughs> and then also I don't understand. Like, surely Hope knows that 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 her friends, mummy and daddy, are still living together. When <laughs> when like did this not come up? Like Tyrone's like, a good point. Hey, hey, Hope, do you want maybe one day you you can be sisters with your best friend? Would you like that? Because because daddy thinks he's in there with <laughs> <laughs> with your friend's mum, and then Isla. and hope be like, hang on a minute, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh well. See, do you not see? Can you now see how it is a bit of an awkward situation for Tyrone to put hope in that it is possible that that could have happened, <laughs> that she could have ended up having to move in with her best friend. I'll go for it. I say she's a she's a stunner. Is that Isla? I would. Well, you wouldn't get the chance. <laughs> On Wednesday... Unfortunately, I'm also a boring pipe and slippers man, so I don't think she'd have um, given me a second glance. She's a she's a right little uh, chancer, isn't she, this Isla? <laughs> what, how did she, what did she think was going to happen? Anyway, Tyrone offers to go for a drink with Phil on Wednesday because want, he wants to make an effort. He's like, oh, he's not going anywhere, so I'd better make an effort with him. So Phil says to Tyrone that... He wants to take the girls away for Christmas and Tyrone is taken aback but he has to say yes. Um and then and then Phil goes home and says, Oh, me and Tyrone had a nice time and Fizz is like, Oh, I'm and he gives gives him a gift bag and inside is a can of W D forty and he's like, Oh and she says, Oh, would you like your own drawer? And if you do you have to fix the <laughs> you have to fix the it, it was her way of inviting him to move in with her, basically. Well, you know, it? we've made lots of jokes, mean jokes, about men who can't do their own washing and cleaning, but it looks as though Fizz can't do her own de-squeaking. So. Phil's the perfect man. Fizz, Phil, Phil, fix me jaw. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, fu- it's funny. It's, it's funny, it's funny. Uh, it, this, this totally is still seeming to me like, you know, Christmas reunion Im- is imminent. The fact that this, this holiday away is due to be on the 24th of December or something, isn't it? I can totally see now Fizz deciding, no, I can't do it. I can't go off on holiday with you, Phil. I need to stay here with Tyrone. I, I think that Christmas morning, Fizz, Tyrone wake up together in bed. Something like that. Dirty. Uh, it, it feels like it is definitely going down that route, which I'm still very happy with. I know you're not. And, and I, But it's a shame because I, I really, really like Phil and I, I don't think that Phil's going to stay in this show. It's very important to me that fictional characters are punished for beyond reason for any personal mistakes that they've made, no matter how justified or misguided they they admit they were eventually they have to be punished forever <laughs> what what um if tyrone ended up on the streets or getting propositioned by somebody in room 34 or uh, having to eat bin pizza would you feel any sympathy for him then i think he should be forced to eat bin pizza uh, may his pizza <laughs> always be cold 
He probably didn't mind. He probably liked. He'd probably be like, "Score! Look, Kevin, Kevin, come and see." Come and have a look and at Kevin the car and go, away. Hey, look at all this stuff. People just throwing it out. Closing the garage today, time today. We this? feast like kings. Yeah, bloody brilliant. Let's come back in tomorrow. These stuckers throwing away perfectly good pizza. Wow. I'm going to tell Abby. We never have to buy food again. Um, right, the Raycon storyline. Gemma, Raycons are wireless headphones. They are. They are. Go to raycon.com and enter the code conversation stream for 10% off. We are not sponsored by Raycon yet. We're sponsored by Surfshark <laughs> VPN. That's fun, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. We're not sponsored. We're never sponsored by anyone. No, because um, Michael won't let us. I don't know why. I don't want to be sponsored. Nobody likes adverts and podcasts, do they? Right, Wednesday then. So Tim goes to the prison to visit Faye. She's not just been let, left to rot in the cell. She's actually back. When was the last time we saw her? Like February, March Well, you time, were moaning and saying we haven't seen her for ages. And then oh, I kind is. of thought that she'd been written out, maybe. Yeah, Because I there was the story th- with um, her being a secret girlfriend to Craig. But then did they oh, decide yeah. not to do that? I can't yeah. remember. Um, and and so I thought that maybe Ellie, Ellie was, um, you know, off doing some education type thing and maybe she still is I don't know whether we're going to see lots and lots of Faye but um well, we had all kinds of that was um, a total surprise to me when she came back this week we had all kinds of theories about how it was going to play out because she was supposed to be um her and Craig weren't supposed to socialize with one another because Craig's not allowed to because of his policing mm. and so the fact that they pursued the uh, sort of correspondence despite that, was supposed to be um, leading to something. Yeah. And then she didn't even appear on the show. But now she's back, it does make me wonder where what's going to happen. Obviously, the fact that, she, that she's come back now and what happened in this story, it's obvious to me that she'll be out she, She's, she's going to be out, isn't she? Absolutely. So I, was, I was quite pleased to see her again. I don't mind Faye. Um, she's she's looking pretty rough though, isn't she? She's very upset that she missed Seb's funeral. She's um she's kind of given up all hope. She uh, prison isn't the holiday camp that it has been sometimes depicted when other characters go there. So we, she only gets one scene this week, but um Tim starts the wheels in motions when he goes back home later and says, Sal, we we need to do something to get Faye's spirits up. So Sal says, oh, I promise I'll think of something. So what she does is goes to Debbie and says, look, how about, you know, that Ray bloke that sexually assaulted Faye? Was it, he, he, he tried to rape her or something, didn't he, in the um, in the office at the, uh, the bistro? And that's why she hit Adam on yes, the head. Yes, that's right, that's right. You, you, you know that. Maybe you could get him to confess that he did that and, and Faye can get out. And Debbie's like, I don't think that he's going to, but um, she still gives it a shot on Wednesday's episode. She's so great. Debbie is just brilliant. One of my favourite characters. I absolutely love her. And and I was a very so-so about her comeback a couple of years ago when she swanned in with Auntie Vi's money. But I don't know what I'm more obsessed with now, Debbie or Debbie's earrings. And never has a fashion accessory... You love it, ...interested you? me or caught my attention more. Why should I care about things like that? But every time Debbie is in a new episode, I'm like, oh, what's she got, as a, what's she got dangling from her earlobes this week? They're incredible. Um, she, she does have a very fantastic and I wouldn't wear most of her outfits but I absolutely love her in them yeah I love somebody who's a bit dangerous with their fashion <laughs> she is bloody brilliant for the street <laughs> Debbie Webster what a good idea to bring what her back fire. and and the fact that they kept her in after this Ray story could have, I mean, it could have very well ended with the with her going right I'm buffed to turkey yeah yeah but oh keep her in forever she is 
fantastic. Anyway, so um, she goes to um, see Ray, doesn't she, on Friday's episode after having a bit of a chat with uh, with David and, and such a liar. Kevin and everything because she she says, oh, I'm going to try and get hold of this Colin bloke who. Um, was investigating the sinkhole. I couldn't remember what people knew about what had happened about this, but she puts two and two together in this episode and and realizes, hang on a minute, maybe Ray paid Colin to create this the sinkhole, which nowhere. is what happened. <laughs> but never mind. Yeah, I I I, I didn't know that other people knew about this, but apparently not. But now Debbie does, or at least she thinks she knows the truth. Um, so she goes to visit Ray and she says, right, you're going to plead guilty to sexually assaulting Faye. And if you don't, I'm going to tell the police that you're behind the sinkhole. I've been talking to Colin um, and he's confessed to creating the sinkhole um, and you paid him £45,000. And Ray is like a bit like, whoa, I wasn't expecting you to know about that. He's like, no. He's, he's, he's at, he acts kind of cool about it, doesn't he? Yeah, you could like, see you don't know. You his don't reaction is like... Bloody hell, I wasn't <laughs> expecting this when I woke up this morning. Um, and and he says, well, you know, even if it were true, hello, I'm Ray, I'm early Northern. Uh, I didn't force Johnny down that sinkhole. And uh, Debbie <laughs> says, that was a bit of a feeling, wasn't it? Um, Debbie says, nevertheless, without that hole, Johnny would still be alive. And that is a fact. Um, you need to tell your solicitor what you did to Faye, otherwise I'm going to dob you in. And um, if you, and, and you get, to, if, what is it? If you, confess to assaulting Faye, you'll get five years. If you are found guilty of manslaughter for the whole sinkhole thing, you're going to get 24 years. So it's a bit of a non-brainer, a no-brainer, basically. And Ray um, later on gets his solicitor to come and visit and uh, trying to find out if he's he's legally covered. Hypothetical situation Imagine if a man, just say there's a man, um, and just say that there's this really annoying bloke, right? This bloke. You don't even know how annoying this bloke is. He's so annoying. Um, like, he he pushes mum down the stairs for a start, right? Um, and he calls his mum, Gail. No, uh, not Gail. Um, <laughs> Fanny. Say her name's Fanny. He calls her by her first name. Um, and he just swans around all the time thinking he's so great, right? And the sister's like, hang on, what are you talking about? Right, imagine if you dug a hole... And he imagined that a bloke owned a pub, no, not a pub, um, um, a hairdresser's. Imagine that he fell down the hole and then he rescued his wife. No, say it's his dog. <laughs> and then he died. Um, would it be my fault? And the bloke's like, what? no, hang on. What? <laughs> Did you what? make a sinkhole appear? That, that sinkhole that's guy? been in the news recently. Was that you, Ray? Come on. He basically is like, say I dug a hole and walked off and a man fell in it and died. Is it my fault? And the yeah. Does like, this have proper signage? And the is like, Did you put a sign up? And he's like, Did no. you put a warning look, triangle by, look, your, by your hole? focusing on irrelevant details. Like it was me. <laughs> And, and he's, he's like, like, yes. Yeah, probably. Actually, and you probably you get 24 years for it. Yeah. That's my advice. So, my legal um, advice. That does the trick anyway, because... Um Oh no, there's a scene before where Debbie's telling Kevin about this and um, she, we, what we find out was that she hadn't actually got hold of Colin because he's gone underground, which is quite ironic well, considering the... <laughs> you know what his, he hasn't gone underground. What his career was. Um, she, she played a very dangerous game here because she said, I couldn't find him, so I, yeah. I assumed that Ray couldn't find him either. Really? What? So you can't find a bloke that you didn't even know existed to that, until today? But you assume the guy who paid him 45 grand doesn't have, like, an email address for him. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember. I thought that Debbie said 
They they knew of him because it was yeah I know her and David said oh yeah what was he called oh yeah yeah but you know Colin, what I'm saying yeah yeah she's yeah, yeah. assuming that just because she can't find him that De- that Ray's got no contact with him which I not necessarily well let's see oh, I, Colin's been given this forty five thousand pounds to start a new life so well, that's I probably what he said wouldn't he was probably do. wouldn't keep my email address if that was me no but I, I... anyway. She, you're right. She is playing a very Colin dangerous Sinkhole game. at hotmail.com. <laughs> He's she, like, God, I don't want to give this up. She's looked into the Bistro <laughs> accounts and found that um, <coughs> last Christmas, Ray took out £45,000 for unspecified reasons. And um, she kind of gambled with the fact uh, that maybe that Christmas. was for this. Yeah, it's getting more and more expensive, isn't it? You don't get those Bud Light Years dolls for cheap, you know. She's like, God, the price of turkey. <laughs> um, anyway, so so really, Roy's, Ray's fallen for it, hook, line and sinker, because Tim later comes into the Rovers and announces to All and Sundry, who's the only people who are in the pub at the time are the people who would be interested in this news, by the way, that <laughs> that Faye is um, now able to appeal or something. Or no, what is it, What can happen to her? She can come out probably anyway. Probably just be allowed out. There's more likely that she's going to be allowed out because Ray has confessed to sexually assaulting her. Um, he's changed his plea and, and Kevin and Debbie are chuffed and there was a nice little scene where Kevin told his sister he was proud but of her. But she also says like if he ever finds out I'm in trouble. Yes. Oh, Ray, you better not kill Debbie. I th- I th- I'm going to come and get you. I don't get this as like, this is what we said before about the vampire who dies and then all the wicked deeds become undone. Mm. Like, just because... And I always... I, I must have a different sense of justice to everyone else. Because it doesn't really matter to me whether or not Faye, like, um, Ray sexually assaulted Faye or not. Because she still <laughs> brained Adam nearly to death. Yeah. I felt the same way about, um, about what... Um, <laughs> I don't think that she should have been punished, but I felt the same way about what Yasmin did to Jeff. Like, I know that he was a, a dickhead, but she still did try to kill him <laughs> with a wine bottle. Yeah. Like, uh, I... And to be fair, Yasmin was self-defence. Ray stalked this guy <laughs> in, like, in a, in a, in a cold winter's Fade. night, Fade, yeah. Adam... I mean, he was just sitting there at the bar listening to his music Mind and purposefully clonked him round the head. <laughs> I think that she deserves to be in prison for I a little bit I don't know that she... I don't think... I don't necessarily... Um, yeah. She did still try to kill a man and he wasn't doing anything to her at the if time. If he'd have done it while he was trying to have his wicked way Yeah, that would have been different. Dues. Yeah. That would have been a di- di- bit different because, you know, it would have been more along the lines of what happened with Yasmin and Jeff. But are we all pretending that they didn't do anything at all? <laughs> a lot, we, we were all very surprised when Faye got given three years earlier this year, weren't we? Because yeah. that was um, that was not spoiled or anything either. So, um, yeah, it, it feels like it is going to be cut short now. It'd be, it'd be a bit tough on um, on L.A. Leach if they were like, yeah, for this story, you have got to go to prison well, for thought... three years. And no, you don't get a story in there, actually. <laughs> but I thought she was like, I'm doing my, I'm doing, I want to do a degree. Can I just go to prison for three years? <laughs> That's what I thought. Was... I got to remember. I, what I don't I... know how old she is. Uh, Faye, she's like no, 19 now, maybe. Well, that, that's um, the perfect age to be going to university. Maybe I find it interesting go, how yeah. she mentions Kelly, didn't she? Because Tim right. Tim talked to her and she's like, oh, she gets out, why don't I get out and, and stuff. So that was quite a nice link there. Um, yeah, so if, if she well, does because, get out... because you brained a man. She just slapped somebody and then watched somebody else get kicked to death. 
and, and laughed about it for a little bit until you realised what was going on and you didn't find the ambulance and which stuff. Which has been pointed out to me is not a crime. <laughs> I agree. It is a crime in different countries though, isn't it? Isn't it in Germany? Yes, I think you can, I believe so. You can be in, get in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah, so not only will Faye possibly get out when she actually did do something a bit naughty, <laughs> it might also mean that Johnny doesn't get his justice because yeah. Debbie now knows that Ray is ultimately responsible for Johnny's death, but She's withholding she wants, that information yeah. from I don't I don't know who needs to know. Does would would Jenny benefit from knowing that Ray's the one for her to uh, direct her? Well, nobody knows at? that this whole thing wasn't really an accident, and they also are blaming the Platts. Yeah, they are actually, aren't they? So it's got to come out. Yeah, I th- I think it will. That's the thing. I think that he's he's now confessing to sexually assaulting Faye, well, so he's going to get his stop. five years. No, there, and there is you're right. There's anybody absolutely nothing from... to stop. Saying he was him or done it. Yeah, don't know whether Colin's going to turn up. No, could do, can he? But at the end of the I day, reckon that, I reckon that Colin and Leo are mates. What's the difference though? Like, um, I think. All right, I know. Okay, we'll, we'll not shuffle about this. But isn't <laughs> isn't um isn't oh, what's her face Kelly more <laughs> more responsible for Seb's death than? Ray is for Johnny's. How is it? How is it that that we're supposed to just? So Kelly was there, Kelly, and Kelly instigated the the um events that led directly to Seb dying, and she could have possibly saved him if she'd phoned the ambulance. We don't know. Ray had a hole dug that eventually this is just as unforeseen, but equally as possible you know inciting violence that led to death digging a hole that led to a sinkhole <laughs> that then led to somebody falling in it yeah just as unlikely why did he dig the hole again because he wanted, he wanted david, david to out, sell the house oh, yeah, that's it that's it yeah i think that i think if you if you if you can't forgive ray and you think it, it's illogical that he is responsible which i think so yes he is but if the same logic applies to Kelly, in my opinion. <laughs> and that's why you... Because I was getting mad about it because... Um, but you pointed out to me that the prosecutor specifically said there was no evidence to pursue a case of culpable um, responsibility yeah, or whatever it is. Culpability or whatever, yeah. Because there are cases where people have done the same thing as Kelly and should they got charged for murder just the same as the person who actually murdered somebody mm. so I don't know I think it was a bit of a cop out for Coronation Street to say that there was no evidence for it because they could have asked me <laughs> I'll, I'll, um, I'll go on the stand right I saw it happen what are we right in our Coronation Street I'll shut up about it now. I don't ever want to talk about can I, I say, think we're going to have to talk about Kelly again no I don't ever want to talk about whether I think Kelly on, is should be fresh I'm sure, from I'm sure nobody else wants to hear it anymore either we know what you everyone think. already has decided how they feel about it I'll, I'll shut up now. But it just occurred to me that I think there's a parallel between the two scenarios that I hadn't thought of mm. before today. Yeah, no, that's very good. Point. So you want me to score it? Yeah, you score it. How did you How did you rate this week's Corey, Gemma? Um, I thought there were some really good spits, but I also thought there were some boring bits. I really liked Ray and Faye being back in it. Mm-hmm. Um, nice surprise. I didn't know either of them were going to be back, so nice. 
Um, it wasn't like an ama amazing week, but you know, loved I loved um, a bit of Jenny. I thought Jenny drunk acting and being funny <laughs> and also really sad and tragic at the, at simultaneously. Fantastic. Um, not keen on not keen on Daniel and and Daisy together at all. Mm. Also, think everyone's being a bit dumb with Kelly, especially Toya and Imran. Come on, guys. <laughs> like maybe you shouldn't have any foster children if you're going to be like oh we thought that she was hanging out with her mum that abused her that's fine then <laughs> as long as she's score. buying as long as she's buying a pizza and not making her eat it out of the bin we demand scores Gemma is it ironic that that Kelly said that she was eating pizza with her mum and then the only pizza she could eat was out of a bin yeah. with, a, with a homeless man tragic um a three and a half uh so many good ones to pick um Weird armpit fetishes. <laughs> I'm going to give it a three and a half as well. I thought it was, you know, I, I think I felt more positive about the week towards you, but I'm still giving it the same score because we don't always agree on what counts as whatever score. But I thought it was a fairly solid week. I don't think there were any stories there where I was completely turned off by. Um, there were some, you know, some momentous events like, you know, Johnny's funeral is quite big. Um, the, oh, maybe that was about it. The, the, <laughs> Some returns for some characters we hadn't seen. Poignant acting uh, from Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was all pretty solid. There wasn't anything that bored me, but equally there wasn't anything that got me, you know, super, super excited. Um, so I, I think three and a half is fair for this. I'm going to give it three and a half flatulent daisies out of five <laughs> this week. Um, and character on for the week. Hmm. Um, well, it's going to be Jenny for me. Is because, it Jenny yeah. for you? Yeah, she's funny. She's great. She did fantastic performances from Sal as usual. Um, the the speech at the funeral, the panic in the in the graveyard beforehand, the drunk the drunk acting and telling Daisy she's a gold digger. I think a lot of people have been waiting for um, Jenny to say she's got the measure of Daisy, and she definitely did that. But she has done quite a few times, hasn't she, in the past? And then she forgets about it and lets Daisy walk all over her again. I tell you, Gemma, if, if this was an award ceremony, I think that um, Pedo Hotel Man would be like half out of his seat when you're about to announce your winner there, and then he kind of has to abashedly oh, sit down again. And, and clap, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. she deserved you're it. Well done, Jenny, great. Well, um, I mean, he's the main victim of the week, isn't he? Because <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. That one, yeah, he... He, um... he was trying to help a poor girl who was didn't have any champagne, yeah. and he was helping her with champagne. Yeah. Which was very, very generous she got, of she him. She got his hopes up, didn't she? Mm, she's so um, mean. Here's my character of the week. Is it going to be Jenny as well? And she let, he let her charge her phone up. He and did. he offered her a shower. He did, he did. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed... Who do I enjoy this week? I enjoyed Sam this week. I enjoyed the Fizz Tyrone Phil thing, but that's not going to be character of the week necessarily. thought... Um, Max was all right in parts. I'm kind of liking him a little bit more now. Um, Kelly, I just yeah, quite like well, It's got to be Jenny, hasn't it? I think if Debbie maybe had had a bigger role, I'm still waiting for the week where, you know, Debbie is unequivocally the main character of the week. She still feels a bit like a side character to me. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, go for, I'll go for Jenny, I think. Um, yeah. I just just love the character, and I thought that um, good scenes. I, this yeah, did, did great, great little drunky bit, and like you said, the funeral was good and um, funny lines, and um, 
yeah, like like that she she gave Daisy what for. Shall we move on to another bit of the podcast then? Which bit do you want to move on to? The next bit. Okay, done. Right, it is news time. Bit of a slow news week this week, but thank you as always, Rebecca, for sending us the articles and helping me avoid the minefield of Cory spoilers that are no doubt flooding the internet <coughs> every waking minute. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Benjamin. Um, but we have uh, Inside Soap Awards are next week, the ceremony. So uh, I, I can't remember even what day. Monday, Tuesday? They usually have it at the beginning of the week. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing um, what the Corrie cast are going to be dressing up as. I assume the ceremony's going on. It's so weird being in the dark about all the nose. The nose? The news. But what I'm not in the dark about is who the winner of the best story of. Because for whatever reason... They announced it on this morning, earlier this week. Maybe this just, morning. Maybe just to get people interested in the awards. But yes, the um, hate crime story um, has won the best story at this year's Inside Soap Awards. Hurrah, hurrah. Um, hopefully it's going to be the first of many other awards that Corey picks up. So Good. check out online next week. Check it out. Um, next bit of news is unnews. Simon Gregson is apparently not going to be on I'm a Celebrity. And he was heavily rumoured to be so. Although, well, he's not in the first batch of people that are there to be going in their castle. Um, but um, maybe he's going to be a latecomer because usually with some of these kind of rumours, it's a no smoke without fire situation. So keep your eyes peeled. Maybe he'll be um, dropping in later. And oh, yes, yeah, Simon Gregson, he will have been on our Children in Need while we were recording this, won't he? If doing you want his, to doing help, his help thing. children in need. Like Sam. He's a child in need at the moment, isn't he? He needs to speak needs, up. He's saying to say, <laughs> children in need of speaking up. <laughs> um, okay, you, you, you got your this bit of news. I got the bit of news. I found this out. I think this is hilarious. Um, Russell T. Davis. If you don't know who that is, um, you haven't watched anything on BBC, especially Doctor Who. Oh, you all queer folk that was on Channel Four. Was it? Oh yeah, he yeah. he made queer. Well, and he's he has been a Coronation Street writer in the past, hasn't he? He wrote the um, Viva Las Vegas episode of he Coronation did, yeah. Street. So he he's is quite a prolific. very famous um, auteur, isn't he? Yes. Who's heavily involved in LGBTQ plus. Um, yes, and he was he was the producer of Doctor Who when it came back in two thousand and five, and he's going to be the new showrunner um, next year when Chris Chibnall leaves. But, but that's not the news. No, the news is that he has. Uh, what he, yeah, he worked on the soap in the nineties, and he was working on a spin-off, an ITV Coronation Street spin-off focused on Sally Webster and Kevin, who I were married this. at the time, um, and. It was hilarious. Like, the idea, the concept of it is, is so stupid. It was literally going to be a, a spin-off to be broadcast, you know, on the telly in episodes, wasn't it? Because this was before the days of the little five-minute online spin-off things like they sometimes no, it was a do on Coronation TV Street. TV one. It was supposed this, to be this was going to be a... Five in... days a week. Was it? That's what it says. Wow. Um, now, anyone can say anything about what they planned and what they didn't plan and what ideas they had. And just because somebody had an idea doesn't mean anything, really. But it's more serious because he is actually a scriptwriter and showrunner. So yeah. he And he was in the position to pitch this idea, which he did to ITV, and they said no. I don't know why. It sounds great. That's sarcasm. The idea behind it was that um, Sally and Kevin would inherit some money and Kevin would op- go down, they would go down south and open a garage down there. Can't imagine that. We don't, we do our own cars down here. Um, 
and they would it says they would have had lots of interesting funny and weird neighbors like a boozy housewife who was wearing her negligee and he apologizes and says sorry this was the 90s <laughs> um a mrs mangle type woman and on the corner a pizzeria called mario's with a boisterous italian family and they written 12 scripts for this wow um and they had they need to names. leak they had code names they were called paul and linda so that nobody knew I'm just looking at this. Um, it's a picture of a different thing. No, it's the Spring Hill. You're just on Digital Spy at the moment. I love Spring Hill. Did he make that? Yeah. No, he didn't. It was created by Paul oh. Abbott and Frank Trail Boyce, it says. That was brilliant. Oh. I watched that on Sky One. That was a soap back in the late 90s. Anyway, um, yeah, no, this sounds like a good idea. Although I, I don't Do you know. Do know what happened at the end? I can't remember now, but I watched it all. I loved it. I'm going to really? read this in a Can little I just bit. tell you what happens at the end of this show? Oh, come on. This is a spoiler for... Number 16, Spring Hill. So if you were planning on watching it, please don't listen. This was broadcast in 1996, 1997. At the end, the nanny, who's an angel, went to murder the baby who's the Antichrist. But the baby grew into an adult, strangled her and turned back into a baby. So he had a dead body with no fingerprints. This sounds like an American soap, wasn't it? I remember it being utterly, utterly crazy. Eva Morrigan, I think the character was called. If you if you were to look at my diaries from 96, 97, you will find reference to me watching and enjoying this. I've never even heard of it. It sounds loon, loon, like full of lunacy. It was cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that... Um, mid 90s I don't know when exactly this idea was pitched Sally and Kevin weren't the most exciting of couples because this this is of course before Sally went on she wasn't as comedic a character was she back then she no, was just she was surprisingly she was a bit, restrained yeah boring. restrained house mum and she had that little fling with the, the guy on holiday I remember but um I, I'd go for it now a Sally Webster spin-off absolutely Metcalf whatever I think the idea is silly Maybe, maybe. But um, Corey is not a stranger completely to spin-offs because they did have the uh, the part and the expression, didn't they, with Leonard yeah, Swindley. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting that they've not... And the rest assured with not, Ray Langton. It sounds like such an alien concept for a soap to have a spin-off show, but it's well established well, they, in um, the history of Coronation Street. Well, that... EastEnders had the um, Elfie Moon and Cat What's-A-Face, didn't they? Red something? I don't Red know. Red Moon? You, people who watch EastEnders know what I'm talking about. But if, yeah, a few years ago they had a proper EastEnders right. off in Ireland spin-off apparently. But yeah, um, I don't know. I, it's one of these things that I think it probably wouldn't be that good really, but I wish they'd... I can't I'd like imagine to read it the being script. on every evening. No. Well, it'd just have to be like like a, a week or something. Because like, well, they did the... Um, they did the... Um, Coronation Street late night special of Let's Go to France and Bet and Reg are there, didn't they, in 99? So maybe it's along those lines. Maybe Guy TV were like, we need ideas for a, a spin-off and that's why they... Maybe, maybe. Right, next. Right, next bit of news, and this isn't proper news, this is our news. Um, we spoke last week about the fan event that's happening on the 10th of December um, at uh, in Manchester. The, min- the Miners Community Arts are, are running this and it's going to be at Morton Small Cinema. And what we said last week was that um, Conversation Street listeners would be able to vote for the episodes that get screened there. And tonight, um, so yesterday when this gets um, 
put up. I have put the poll online. So if you head over to our social media, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, I think you'll be able to find the link where you can go to a poll that I've put up to vote for which episodes get um, get screened. And um, I'm sure that most people here aren't going to be able to make it along to the event. We're not going to be able to go, unfortunately, we said. But um, it would be really, really cool to get as many people as possible to vote for these. And um, we asked for people what were some of your favourite episodes and then was it last night we were kind of having to whittle down our um, short list because we wanted we didn't want there to be so many votes that the winners only got you know one or two so we ended up with 10 episodes classic episodes in the past 61 years that you have to choose two of um, so we're just gonna have a quick rundown of those episodes and then hopefully that will inspire you all to go and vote um, so we got the 50th anniversary tram crash that one we thought kind of had to be in there didn't it fantastic episode the live there um definitely deserving of a place should it get screened it's not down for me to say but you definitely don't have to explain every list. single episode because it's 10 barlow's at the aa meeting people always bring that up as a favorite one um blanche um, going off on one and um being incredibly um insensitive to the alcoholics there with peter great scene Scylla and Les in the bath dropping through in the uh, their jacuzzi through the floor when Schmeichel jumps in there with them Hilda's last episode which was super sweet absolutely love that nice little sing song at the end and Coronation Street's highest rightest episode I can't remember whether it is or whether it, there's there's a bit of trivia and it's one of those things that people think it is but it's actually something else now um, so that was up there Richard Hillman driving into the canal we just watched that one recently um, Jack Duckworth's death when he was reunited with his little swamp duck. Really touching scene there. Um, the Ken and Mike doorstep confrontation when Ken finds out about Mike's affair with Deirdre and um, Ken pushes Deirdre up against the door and then Bill Roach can't stop talking about it in every single interview since. The very first episode felt like it needed to be there in the poll. Um, Deirdre and Ken's wedding and finally Hilda and Stan's second honeymoon which is an absolutely lovely episode and um, the home uh, the the origin sorry of the famous Coronation Street quote what's the question yeah I know you weren't listening to me I knew it <laughs> you've not just been silent because you've been letting me <laughs> speak you've been looking at the Coronation Street memes. the funny the famous Coronation Street quote I'll do Gemma, something please. Ken. No, um, from Hilda and Stan's second honeymoon episode. Um, I would like to eat a chocolate mouse. <laughs> What's that lipstick test of? Chocolate mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great episode, but I'm not going to... I'm going to be very impartial and not tell you which ones you should vote for, but what I am going to say is go over to our social media, please, because we'd like to have <laughs> lots of votes and lots of people <coughs> deciding. Even if you're not going I'm to Ill. the event, it'd be quite cool if you could join in and vote, please. Um, and, and sorry for all the other episodes that um, didn't people get maybe there. wanted to get on sorry, the list, but we couldn't hit them all. <laughs> yeah, we had, to, we had to make a couple of cuts here and there. Um, that's it for news, I think. So um, move on. let's move on to a little bit of feedback. Right, thank you for our feedback this week. Just got a couple of um, a message from our regulars this week, but we also had our Facebook poll and uh, 3.56 was where everybody um, settled on last week for for, for, for the score. Um, so an all right week, like we, we said, three and a half for this week. 
Jonathan voted it four synchronizations of summer and Ardu's watches out of five, and that line still tickles <laughs> me, so I had to include this one on the podcast. Sammy gave it three styrofoam balls in different sizes out of five. <laughs> Perfect for that science project. And Chad gave it four... Why is it with Weatherfield High and science projects at the moment, by the way? Why are they all doing it? Um, Chad gave it four and a half trips to York to buy a one-pound ring that's similar but not the same <laughs> out of five. Oh. Thank you very much, Jonathan and Sammy and Chad and everybody else who voted on a Facebook poll. I always enjoy having a read of what you put. Gemma, yes. I'm going to let you read this one and then you can just switch off for the rest of the episode if you like. So what did Nancy have to say about last week's Corrie? She said, Kelly should have had to face some kind of penalty because she did not call the ambulance and left Seb on the ground. It was great that Imran and Toya seemed to reconcile, though. Now, what will Kelly do when she finds out that Ardy was the one who damaged Dev's car? It's too bad Ardy cannot see how good a father he has. I think Nina and Kelly will have a relationship similar to Mike and Ken. What? That's a bit... Interesting. I I don't know. I don't don't see either of them... um keeping it up for quite so long it'd be cool if they did though yeah, we, we need it's to have more, another, rela- another relationship like, like that a, but. it would be more like a, a Gail and Eileen than a, a Mike yeah, and Ken but if they are going to have a long standing rivalry please Coronation Street don't tell us they're the new Mike and Ken they're the new Gail and Eileen because whenever you've tried that in the past you know it's not worked has it was it who was it before that somebody was called was somebody called the new Mike and Ken? Was it Adam and Gary or somebody? Or I think we said that Adam and Daniel could be the new... No, I, the Coronation Street have definitely called some kind of rivalry, the new Mike and Ken or something like that. And we've been like, no, but yeah, they're but not, you're confusing. You're confusing people with markets. You know, the marketing department's only job is to promote the show. I know, but don't... Don't compare. No, if it makes you watch it, they've they've com- mm. they've they've achieved their goal, haven't they? Mm, yeah, but if it doesn't live up to your expectations, it's then you watch it, then. and it's a bit like I'm uh, not going to watch anymore. Yeah, but then they'll bring you in with something else, like oh, it's the new, <laughs> new Deirdre and and Liz. <laughs> Fine. Um, Continue. It'll be hard for Toya and Imran to choose between Elsie and Kelly. As I. Asha and Ardy both need to grow up. I knew that Summer was going to be disappointed by Daniel. I think Ken will have to have a talk with him and Daniel should set some boundaries. Daisy is still after his money. I love It's weird how the Summer and Daniel things completely fizzled out this week, hasn't it? I thought he was going to find out about her little infatuation with him and it, it would lead something there. And I was saying well, that... Well, there's definitely something brewing here because... Max fancies Summer and Summer fancies Daniel. Yeah, and, but and Max hates Daniel. Yeah, it's it seems like they may be setting up the dominoes at the moment on this, aren't they? I love the discussion that Steve and Leanne had about Sam. I loved it when Leanne and Sam hugged. The eulogy Sam wrote was wonderful. Nick is trying hard to help him. I know that once Sam speaks with a therapist, he will start to feel better. That's a, that's true. As I did mention that earlier. I said that he needs to chat with Roy or someone like that, but Gadass is trying to sort him out with a therapist, isn't he? And uh, they do like to show that that kind of thing works. Yeah. I think Tyrone will end up going out with Alia. What? No. <laughs> that's very controversial. The scene with Jenny and Carla was wonderful. It was a smart move for Carla to have time off. I hope that we see Johnny's funeral. I give this week's episode four elasticated waist out of five. The character of the week is Ardy. Thank you very much, Nancy. 
Yeah, you, now you can cough away, Gemma. Right, I'm going to read out Rebecca's messages, then we're going to be Sorry. done with the pod. We've, I think we've done quite well. I don't think there's been that many coughing bits, have there? Are you, are you feeling all right? Sorry if I've... um. Sorry. No, are you feeling okay? Uh, I feel all right. You're not going to, you're not going to finish recording today, and you say, I can't believe you made me do that whole podcast. No, I did I say sick. that? Have I ever said that? Uh, maybe not. You're making it sound like mm-hmm. I... Like I that's really no, mean. No, no, say. I'm just saying that you were you were poorly before you started, weren't you? Yes, I've been sick all day. Rebecca said, "Much as I want Kelly to get a second chance, everyone except Nina seems to have forgotten that she sent Asher's videos on the internet, and also she was the one who set the chains of events into action with the slapping of Nina. And like Gemma, I don't forget things." Hang on, I just want to correct one thing, Rebecca. Um, I do forget things all the time, but I'm very good at grudges. <laughs> because I'll like uh, the other thing that people have pointed out on our Facebook group which is quite interesting is that Abby has made very many more mistakes than um than Kelly ever has and some of those have been incredibly um catastrophic for other people than herself and she's also the one that brought the gun onto the street and so that's the only reason Natasha's dead but I don't really blame her for it because I'm like, <laughs> I yeah. Know. I mean, again, she's she's guilty of Natasha's death in yeah. the same way that Ray is guilty of uh, Johnny of Johnny's death. Can we say that? Well, it's definitely a negligent thing that that you know is only going to result in harm to have a gun lying around. Yeah, they're not for looking at, are they? <laughs> um, I don't know. There's quite a lot of I'll just unwrap my gun and have a look at it on those episodes where she got it. She's like, remember. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I keep looking at it. <laughs> um, right, back to Rebecca. She Sorry, says Rebecca. also. Oh, funny. I don't want her and Ardy to get together, but it looks like that that might happen. Still, that hasn't happened yet. I did feel sorry for her, though, when everyone was accusing her of keying Dev's car, and for once, she was innocent. Now, speaking of Dev, I loved him this week, especially with his new car and his scenes with Ardy. Jimmy and Adam play off each other so, so well. Also, I laughed out loud when Ardy told that customer they were closed as Dev was too tight. However, even though he was drunk, I didn't like him saying to Summer that maybe it was better that Drew was dead. Kind of harsh, Ardy. I think that he and Summer will get back together, but I'm not really that fussed. Summer's really annoying me at the moment. I understand she has a crush on Daniel and she's upset, but the world doesn't revolve around her. I think she'll do something along the same lines of what I thought Ardy was going to do to Asher. Blame her for things, but it's Summer leaving. Uh, but it's Summer leaving Daniel to dump Daisy. However, Summer will be hurt when Daniel reveals he doesn't like her in that way. Mm. I really, really hope they don't go down a romantic route, which they could do, but I don't think Daniel is that stupid to throw his teaching licence away over a student. Uh, I mean, I, I, he barely does any teaching anyway. <coughs> Literally, they, there's no sense of time at the moment on Coronation Street. Children a, are in school episode. for about half an hour a day. There was an episode this week where people got so much done in the morning before school started, I couldn't believe it. They must have woken up at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, I'll completely lost where we are on this now. Because I'm not going to go off on Daniel's strange teaching hours. I've already done that many times. Um, I did laugh at Amy saying the different euphemisms for, euphemisms for having sex, like synchronising your watches. Sam broke me again, especially when Nick read his eulogy out. Too sad. Also, when Nick held his hand and when he gave Leanne the gold medal hug, even without speaking, he is brilliant. And it was also great to see Dr Gaddas again, even if it was just through Zoom. Danny and James, boring. I kind of want James to go with him now. 
I'm, however, really enjoyed the Fizz and Tyrone stuff, especially Phil's puns. I'm enjoying Isla, and I think that even if she's just a few months' girlfriend for Ty, no, a few minutes more like, she seems nice like Phil is, and I also appreciate Ruby watching for the life of dogs too. Finally, I don't know if looking forward is the right word, but at least it looks like Johnny is getting some kind of send-off. Character of the week is Nina for being the only one standing a ground over Kelly, but I could easily have chosen Ardy or Dev. I give it three and a half different euphemisms for sex out of five. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you Rebecca. And thank you, everybody else. Thank you for listening. Thank you for getting this far in the podcast. Don't thank forget, you. if you want to have your feedback written, read out, you write it in to us. You do have to. Don't just think it. Conversationstreet at gmail.com. You don't impressions. You gotta, yeah, don't be mute. Communicate to us through typing things. Or voicemail. When do we have a voicemail last? We haven't, we haven't had, had a voicemail, voicemail for ages. For ages. Can send us a voicemail? That'd be lovely. Can't somebody Lisa, send us you know a voicemail? You know how to do it. Please. Yeah, give us a little, give our voices a break. Um, also, we didn't say thank you. Well, not recently. To Talia Matthews. Thank you thank so you for much for coming on the podcast. Sal. Massive support of the podcast. Good luck for your run. You. I know. Go and go and give her a load of money, everybody. She, we went. Oh, we had another look gosh. on our um, on a Virgin Just Giving page just before we started recording today, and that shot up a couple of hundred pounds in the last couple of days. Yeah. So um, we'll take Great. credit for that one. Oh, well. <laughs> Gemma, where can people write to us if they want their I feedback read out? Conversationsgmail.com. Okay. See you. You I'm say I don't listen. You. No, I don't. I don't listen I do. to you. You can find us on many socials, just like Daisy. Socials. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on everything. We're on Facebook. Except Space Face. No, Space. What's the ghost one? Napchat ghost. is the ghost one. Nap. Snapchat. Napster. Oh, stop it. We're not on Snapchat and we're not on TikTok. Sounded like David. We're not on your games console thingies. <laughs> we're not on your Nintendo Switch, you lunatic. <laughs> we're on YouTube, though. We don't put videos there. Um, we need to get someone like Max to make some for us. But you can um, go and listen to some of our old episode snippets from there. For example, this week, we re-uploaded the character profile of one Dr. Matt Hunky Carter. Listen, please, please listen. Because we, like, we were both like, oh. It's going to be boring because he's boring. But we were so bitchy. It's hilarious. This was from episode 51 of the podcast. I can't believe that we were so cheeky. So flippant. So, so early on in our podcasting career, we did 12 minutes talking about Matt Carter, completely taking the rip out of what a dull character he is. And um, we kept being distracted by other things. It's quite funny and it's only 12 minutes of your life. So um, if you if you think that that maybe sounds good, go over to our YouTube button. Uh, go and give it a, a listen and a like and a ring that bell. Um, what? iTunes review would be lovely as well, please. And um, if you would like to, um, you know, give us some 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 money, then we're on Facebook, uh, not Facebook, what? Patreon. Give us some money. If you don't want to give Sally Ann Matthews money for her running because you feel... Um, Let's face it. If it, you object to it morally. Well, it ends up going that way anyway. <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, we have used some Patreon money. Well, we, to... we donate... Quite, well, how much did we say? Ten percent a year goes to charity off yes, from our Patreon. <laughs> so we well we're gonna set that as a as a our like publicly what's it called target every year we we are gonna up that but that's our. I thought taxes. we did twelve percent, don't we? I thought we just put our December money to charity. No, that's eight percent. One 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 month. Oh yeah, of course it is. Dummy. Derp, derp. Oh, if you divide it by twelve, I teach maths to children. Everybody, um, listen, um, that's but that's after taxes though, because I don't understand. 
which is whatever we have money that ends up in our account. No, it's before tax. No, because the Patreon. No, but I don't want to mislead people. You can't mislead people about this. It's very serious and important to be upfront and, and transparent. When we get our Patreon money, they've already taken some out, haven't they? They've taken out some some stuff that we don't have any control over, mm. like VAT and stuff. They charge people and, and local your local taxes will come out before we get it. So whatever we have after that, we donate at least 10% every year to charities. And we're going to do it this year again on our December Patreon money is going to go to a charity. I'm pretty sure I know which one, but we haven't spoken about it I think it, it probably yet. will be that one as um, well. I think but, we know which one. But we also donate some, some bits here and there to other charitable endeavours such as our lovely Sal running 55Ks in the rain of Manchester. Can't believe it. <laughs> and Paris. Yeah, she did do a little Paris run this week as well, didn't she? Ooh, la, la. So anyway, you can go to patreon.com slash conversation I think this that means, sounds interesting. I think this means that... What's that name of that show? Coronation um, Street. Hang on. I, I reckon I reckon this means we can reveal exclusively that it logically makes sense the only way this makes sense why Sarah Matthews was in Paris she is going to be exclusively revealed here in Emily in Paris season 2 on Netflix I've got no I idea what you're talking about in December to watch Sal in Emily in Paris oh we're talking about Netflix the new series of Tiger King started this week hasn't it Are they, is it all in one go or is it week by week drip I'm not sure but um, it'll take me back it's quite funny that um, that's just, a lie by the way she's not in Emily she's in not Paris in that, no. well that I know of we're going back to the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was watching Tiger I King know. and now we've got COVID and there's a new series of Tiger it's King like on It's like no, no time has passed. It's all cyclical or something like that. The Tiger that. King. What's the also Tiger good, King. everybody, is Tiger, the current Tiger, series Tiger, of Tiger, American Tiger Horror Story. And I know it's been on in America at this point, but we're a bit behind in the UK and it's been put um, in... We're, we're halfway through the series on Disney Plus at the moment. And this is like the best series of American Horror Story for ages. We always talk about that when it's on, don't we, a little bit? Yeah, it's now we're talking about American Horror Story. You, if you are a lapsed American Horror Story story viewer and I wouldn't blame you because some of the recent series have been a little bit pants, pants. seasons um, this is a good one this is a, this is a proper good one but I still want to say that I don't care what anyone thinks they're wrong if they don't agree with me <laughs> that Roanoke is the best American horror se- story not the best a best best series of American horror story there ever was it's not the best was. one Asylum yeah. was the best you're one. wrong no. People don't know what we're talking about. They stopped listening and ages ago. American, American Horror Stories um, was not that bad. It was not that the bad. The last one was actually so terrible that it was worth watching it for how bad it was. But some of the other ones were good. Yes. And, and that's all there is to say about Coronation it. Street. Right. We're going to go now. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with a bonus podcast. I've got no idea what the bonus podcast is going to be. That's part of my weekend job, <coughs> along with a load of school stuff. And also, we're going to a birthday party for our friends, Rachel and Lorraine, who you might have heard of. Um, so, a busy, Happy busy birthday, weekend. Girls. It's um, going to be their birthday, and we're going to go to afternoon tea. We're going to do an tea. escape room, aren't we? An afternoon yeah. tea tomorrow. And, and I'm I do already. Not know how I'm going to get all my work done. I'm already readying my brain fog induced from covid excuse for why i'm gonna <laughs> not be very good at um at escape rooms because i don't i i honestly i think my iq is very low <laughs> don't be so silly. no I, I don't have any i'm not very good at logic i don't like puzzles and stuff it's like i can stare at it i'm like you t- you do it i, I, I don't I know i give up easily literally don't like don't even come to me with it. maths right shall we go mm. shall we call it a day shall we say goodbye 
We'll be back next Au week. Au revoir. Au revoir. And for you did saying. Um, Sayonara. Ciao. Goodbye. The music for this podcast came from podcastteams.com. Oh, oh, oh.